Here's why this episode of the truck show is going to be da bomb. Da bomb. I take, I don't, yeah, well, I, I don't like da bomb. I like, how about rad? This this episode of the truck show is going to be bitching. Okay. How about groovy? Spectacular. Hypnotic. Amazing. Uh, tubular. Wonderful. Hmm. Enchanting. <laughs> enchanting. No. You know, we're never enchanting. Why not? We can I be just, enchanting. That sounds a little flimsy. No. I, no. I like enchanting. <laughs> we are having our very first enchantisode. <laughs> it's going to be enchanting because we have Ryan Brutt, who is an auto archaeologist. And we have Jeremy Dixon, who is the owner of Megarex. And Megarex takes super duties and turns them into giant raptors. Like mega raptors? Like mega raptors. Mm, I like want to talk to him since like episode two. And we want to congratulate our sponsor, Nissan, for having the most reliable half-ton truck. So if you're in the market for a half-ton truck, mm-hmm. uh, go down and check out that Nissan Titan. J.D. Power says it's the uh, best one out there, yet it still comes with a five-year, 100,000-mile warranty, along with a bunch of other cool things, like a Fender audio system and Titan yeah, well, boxes. Go, go, and well, hold on a second. Pro 4X. Go, and- go, back to the, to go back to the whole J.D. Powers thing. So they're saying that it's got the best initial quality rating, right? Yep, out of okay. all of the half-ton trucks. So that means you don't even really need the warranty. Nope. So that, that industry-leading five-year, 100,000-mile warranty, uh-huh. it's like, whatever, I don't need that. Yeah, but you get it anyway. Do you go like this as you walk out the dealer? I don't need that. I mean, it's awesome to have, but your truck ain't going to break, bro. That's right. That's right. And you can also get the uh, Titan XD with the 5-liter Cummins V8, which, uh, as we all know, it's a beast. pretty awesome. Yeah, it is. It's fun to see all the uh, people out there tuning those things now and uh, getting some big numbers. I'd like to say that we were on the leading edge of following those guys tuning this truck. Yeah, we started all that. Well, I'm not saying that. No, no, I'm not trying to oh. take credit for the tuning. I'm just saying we were talking about it Can early. Can we take like credit we for were, all the Titans that have been sold? Uh, yes. we All the Titans <laughs> that were sold with Cummins engines, those were us. And also we're gas uh, V8s. Uh, yes, five, the gas V8s. Endurance. Those Absolutely. were us as well. And all the Frontiers. That's us too. Oh, yeah. And the vans. The Nissan <laughs> NV vans. Yes, that's yep, us Also too. us. Yep. Mm-hmm. You know what else is also us? Uh, decked. All the deck systems all ever sold in the world. Every, yeah. yeah. Every one of them. How many have you sold? All of them. All of them. And we want to make sure that you guys go to decked.com slash truck show. And here's why. August 10th from 1 to 5 p.m. here at the Motor Trend headquarters, we're having a little shindig. We are having a fi- – let's see if I can get this right. Okay, I'm waiting. I'm staring a at 500 you. 500 five-star review meetup. Yeah, you actually got it right. 500 five-star review meetup. That's two for two. It is happening right here August 10th. It's a Saturday from 1 to 5 p.m. We've got Nissan showing up with some of their coolest trucks and vans. And Decked is here. And here's the thing about Decked. We've got to thank them because if you go to Decked.com slash truck show, they're giving away a few prizes. The grand prize is a trip for two to come hang with us that Saturday, regardless of where you live. And be part of the show. So if you're a not trip for two to L.A. If you're not from L.A. and you can't just drive on over on uh, Saturday, August 10th in the afternoon and mm-hmm. come hang with us, Decked will fly you out. And by the way, Decked will also give you a complete deck system, and there is a second and third place prize. So head on over to Decked.com slash truck show for all the details, all the rules, the way to enter. And don't forget to head over to our Facebook page at Truck Show Podcast just to make sure that you uh, RSVP for our party so we have enough food and Dr. Pepper for all. Can we start the show? Let's do it! The Truck Show. We're going to show you what we know. We're going to answer what the truck, because truck rides with The Truck Show. We have the lifted, we have the lowered, and everything in between. We'll talk about trucks that run on diesel and the ones that run on 
Truck Show with your hosts, Lightning and Holman. Holman, I forgot to break the news to you, dude. What? Well, we were we were talking about the party just now. Yeah. August 10th, 1 to 5 p.m. right here at Motor Trend. Any, everyone is welcome. Everyone. Whether you can bring your truck. We got plenty of spots out here. Bring your Jeep. Here's the deal. Okay. Omar, the guy that made that jingle that we just sang to. O- Omar that defriended me? The Omar that should be friending you again soon, yes. <laughs> I would hope so. Omar's freaking spinning at our party. Is he coming? Yes, he's a DJ. Oh, awesome. Is he, he is going spin? to spin? I want to see him do like a, a special DJ live version of the intro. Uh, I think that might. would be awesome. That, that might be kind of cool. Here's the deal. I told him that he could, I said, dude, spin for an hour and then hang out and eat and drink with us for another four hours. I, and he's like, I'm down. I like that. Do you think he'll come in studio and record with us? I, I, yes. Because I kind of want to yeah. I want to ask him about his wackiness when it comes to, uh, how the hell did you come up with our crazy jingles? <laughs> it just pours out of him. I watched him do it. I think it would be fun, though, to to, uh, to have, like, not to have Omar just singing jingles, but also to be here and, like, you could actually hear Omar talk. It would be weird. Oh, let's make weird. him sing along with the jingle. Oh, he's doing five star and everything. <laughs> he's especially doing five star. That that is happening. All right, so we're pretty pretty excited. We're signing more people onto this uh, little shindig. Uh, August tenth, one to five p.m. Come down to Motor Trend Studios in El Segundo, California. If you're in the area, if not, uh, decked.com slash truck show. Here's the deal with our first guest, Ryan Brutt. Now you run in kind of the same circles as Ryan, but you don't yeah. really know Ryan, right? Ish. Uh, yeah, ish, we've, we've never sorta. met. But yeah, he does uh, freelance for for Motor Trend for the Hot Rod Group and. I came across him on Instagram and went, oh, he knows a lot of the same people we do, and his Instagram's really freaking awesome. So I said, hey, you want to come on the show? He goes, uh, I listen to the show. Which is weird. And I went, oh, you do? <laughs> oh, well, do you still want to come on? <laughs> <laughs> All right, dial Ryan. Hello? Mr. Ryan Brutt, Lightning and Holman, Truck Show Podcast. How you doing? I'm doing well, gentlemen. How about yourself this evening or afternoon or day, whatever the time it is? <laughs> it's a podcast. It's, it's podcast. whenever. It's whenever you're listening to it. So right? you're good. Exactly. <laughs> All right. We are very excited to talk to you. But before we do, pull up a stool and share. Pull up a stool and share a story. Pull up a stool and share. How about you pull up a stool and share with us? Well, Ryan, if you're here in the studio, Motor Trend, we would have you pull up a stool, but you're not. Are you in Chicago? Where are you? I am in Chicago currently. And uh, Ryan, uh, if he was here, he would be well known within the walls of this building because uh, he's been doing a monthly column for Hot Rod Magazine for about six years now uh, on everybody's favorite topic, barn finds. Yes. Guys that find trucks in places we didn't know they were hiding. All sorts of things. Untouched, earned patina, just letting the earth slowly take over them <laughs> and, and returning them to their uh, natural ore form. But uh, Ryan has actually uh, done a few books, written a monthly column. He's found everything from old Mopar muscle cars to trucks to a B-17 bomber in a barn. Here's the thing about Ryan. Way cooler than us. Way uh, better job. Yeah. Better lifestyle. All good. Right, Ryan? Yeah, sure. Let's go with that. <laughs> I mean, if, if your word's not mine. I would say, you know, I have no life, so it gives me the opportunity to go find rusty junk. But to, to each their own. Well, if you want to see uh, the rusty junk, you want to go to the auto archaeologist on Instagram. And uh, Ryan has a amazing feed. If you are into anything original with uh, with nature taking over, 
Uh, you have got to see some of the things on Nature this stuff. Taking, you're talking about shrubbery and stuff growing and, and oh yeah, vines everything. The trucks and cars, barn finds, junkyards, garages, out in fields. There are every make and model and type just slowly returning to its roots. How did you get started, Ryan? Uh, well, it started uh 15 years ago. I discovered a '71 Cuda accidentally sitting in a repair shop here in Chicago. And it was between two bays. It was this beard. And I'm like, ooh, what's this cool car? And it just flipped the switch in my head. And after that, it was all downhill. Um, if I, I'm like, if I could find this car accidentally, what could happen if I actually put my mind to it and started, you know, actually hunting them? And uh, it was a very slippery slope. And here I am. <laughs> now, you're not buying and selling these things because we've seen the TV shows that are doing that type of thing. And there's there are hunters looking for these, offering guys money. But that's not you, right? You're just documenting these trucks and cars. Correct. Uh, most people, most of these cars aren't for sale. I mean, you hear about it all the time. I'm going to fix them up someday. So I always go to the people up front first and I'm like, hey, guys, you know, or guy or girl. I'm like, why is this, you know? Uh, CJ2A sitting in your front yard. What's the story behind it? I don't want to buy it. I'm not trying to steal it out from under you. I'm sure you've had every Yahoo under the sun, you know, coming off of you $50, all that piece of junk away. Just why is this car sitting here? What's the story behind it? There has to be some sort of connection that you have to this car that's special enough to let you watch it slowly rot away. And most of the time, they're more than happy to tell you the story behind the car or the truck or the you know the jeep as long as and i always keep people's information anonymous i never post where the cars are at or who they are just the story of the car and people are more than happy to open up their doors when you're not threatening you know their lives or the cars that they have or (laughs) whatever It would be interesting. I've often driven down like a, an abandoned you know, or like a, a an empty dirt road in the middle of the desert. Holman and I were cruising out not too long ago and spotting cars and trucks that are just up on blocks or weeds are growing through them. Tumbleweeds are packed inside. And you just think, what was the life like? Who owned it? Did they buy it new? How many owners were there? Why is it sitting Did that out poor here? ass vehicle know that when it was rolling off the production line that that would be its ultimate fate? Just think of all the cars and trucks that, you know, have disappeared to the junkyards. I mean, those cars at least still exist. They may have some way to be resurrected or at least parts of it survive. But think of the cars that we've heard about in our lifetime that have been crushed or, you know, junked. I mean, I know personally of a few, uh, like a 69 Mach 1 Mustang recently, been sitting in guys' front yard and people were made him so upset because they were bothering him so much about it, like, and he had it crushed oh, oh. You know, so that people would stop bothering him. He, no one could save it. I mean, people tried it, and he's just like, nope, get rid of it, crushed it. It was a big cube. Oh, wow. my God. Do you remember when the uh, Gladiator commercial came out on the Super Bowl, and they showed it, and looking through your feed, you clearly have an affinity for the old uh, J-Trucks, but there was a old J-Truck that went through uh, the the crusher and then sort of like fought its way out and became the new gladiator and everybody was up in arms how could you crush that great old truck and if you look at it ninety uh, percent of it's CGI and it's funny because there are certain styling cues like um, the moon visor or the where the gas cap is or all those things and the hubcaps and if you look as they're doing different shots of that thing being crushed in the crusher 
the CGI vehicle isn't the same vehicle as the original that they based it off of because it has different cues from different years. And then so you kind of go, oh, okay, good. They didn't uh, they didn't ruin a perfectly uh, you know not necessarily good but a candidate for uh, being returned to the to the road. Absolutely. I mean, I know a lot of the guys over at Dodge and Jeep and all that, and they're real. I mean, you guys know I've listened to you guys talk to the engineers over there. And they're just as much gearheads as anyone. I mean, they don't want to see a viable project get destroyed. I mean, they're more than happy to do it CGI and, you know, save the, you know, the, the J truck or whatever for another day. And let's face it, the uh, J truck, as, uh, as lovely and uh, awesome as that vehicle is, um, they don't really uh, fight off the rust that well. No, no. Unfortunately, most of them, especially here in the Midwest that I've found, are, uh, they're in the uh, lightning or they're in the, uh, the lightening up package where, you know, you're getting better fuel mileage because there's less body to, <laughs> yeah. to move around. There's also less wind resistance with all those uh, Swiss cheese holes throughout them. A lot of, a lot of uh, airflow, you know, fresh air is good for you and all that kind of stuff. I mean, I had a Ram charger that I loved and eventually the rust got so bad. I had to start, I had to stick plastic bags in the holes and I would pour 15 of them in oh, play. Oh, wow. <laughs> and it got so bad, the driver's seat fell out of the truck while I was driving it, but there's a frame rail underneath. Okay, that's bad. <laughs> so it started rocking. So I'm like, okay, time for a new vehicle. Can you imagine if your ass fell through on oh, the highway? Oh my gosh, could you imagine you're just, what was that like? Did you, did you hit a bump or something, and all of a sudden the the well, uh, floorboard gave through? It had been leaning to. I'm a big gentleman, and uh, so it had been leaning to one side for a while. And I'm like, oh, okay, this is going to get bad. Those were just the it, springs, though, right? Well, <laughs> I thought so. I'm like, oh, it's just it's just a little rusty and all that. And then I went over railroad tracks uh, in Chicago. There's a lot of railroad tracks around here, and the crossings aren't the greatest. And I just hit it the wrong way, and it just went. I just heard like a tearing sound. And all of a sudden, I was rocking back and forth, and I'm like, "Oh, this is," because I had carp. I had actually put carpeting in it because uh, my Ram Charger was an old police truck, so it was a rubber mat truck. Okay, yeah, and it had no no insulation whatsoever. So I went to a junkyard and I pulled out uh, an entire carpet set, threw it in there, so I couldn't see the rust unless I got underneath it. And I knew it was rusty, and I'm like, "I'm just going to keep on going until this thing dies." And I didn't want to die. Um, so I'm like, yeah, maybe it's time for a new project. So how are you finding these trucks and cars? How are you, are, are, is it word of mouth? Are you going scoping out stuff online or is it just driving around like uh, trolling neighborhoods? It's a little bit of everything. Um, so you're the I freak. Pre- that's, <laughs> people are like, oh, my ring doorbell keeps sending me alerts that a guy is creeping down my street. In a uh, Ram Charger with no floorboards. <laughs> He's sort yeah, of hanging out yeah, the bottom. Exactly. You see my feet like Fred Flintstone going? <laughs> yeah, it's great. Um, I do all the above. I mean, not so much the creeping part, but uh, what I do is I take uh, people give me hints and tips online because I've got a lot of followers now. But uh, what I used to do is I would let it just pick a direction and you go to these small towns and you'd go to the, the old parts store. And I talked about what I call the gray hairs, the gray beards. And I'd be like, hey, guys, you know, this is what I do. Do you know of any old cars hanging around in the Vigo? Oh, yeah, Bob down the road. Oh, he had a GTO. Man, I haven't seen that thing in 20 years. Oh, I bet he still has it. Go down here, talk to Bob, tell Steve at, you know, the auto parts store said I. And that's what I would do, and that's how I started building up this momentum. And uh, what I've had to do over the last 10 years or five years now is every story, every hint that I get, I put it on a map program. 
So I'm able to plot out my adventures. Like if I'm like I was on power tour. So I knew I was going to be ending in Cleveland basically and starting in North Carolina. So I planned these big, long trips, you know, a few days ahead of time and hit up a whole bunch of cool things on the way there and on the way back. I was going to ask you this earlier, but it didn't seem appropriate. Now that you brought up mapping this stuff, it's perfect. So when when I was talking about going down the dirt road with Holman, I thought, how cool would it be to get out our Magellan tablet or whatever and and have like way what a, not waypoints? Yeah, what do you way, call them? Waypoints. waypoints, right? And say this is a cool yeah. car you need to look at, whatever. Yeah. And then I thought, oh. We should transfer this data onto Wikimapia. I don't know if you're familiar with Wikimapia, but I'm obsessed with it. No, you're not going to transfer to Wikimapia because you because don't want it public. You don't want people to no, see I it. No, I do. It's I like, do. It's like when I go out, I love aviation archaeology, I guess you could say. And oh, so okay. I've, you know, out here in Southern California, we're just in the shadow of Edwards Air Force Base. And so during the 30s, 40s, 50s, 60s, when all the X planes were going, a lot of plane crashes. A lot of plane crashes out there. And the beautiful okay. thing about us desert folks is when you're out in the desert, we desert folk. <laughs> when a plane crashes with the military, there's always a road to it because they bring in all the heavy equipment oh, to yeah. pick up all the pieces. And so there is a file that over time that I have been adding all these great plane crashes to that I keep private. And I found some other aviation enthusiasts, and they'll share. They say, as long as you don't make it public, we'll trade some info. And so I found some amazing historical, some not historical, some just cool, plane crashes in the desert. And there's always a big, like, scar mark. And even with the weeds and stuff grown over, there's always a road because they always brought in the heavy machinery. So you can always get there, and it's it's fascinating. Well, it's like I have a friend who does spelunking who goes down yep. to South America, Ecuador, places like that, and they'll spend almost a week underground at a time. Oh, so sure. they'll go down, and, and sometimes they parachute down to the, it's so low. Well, that's insane. Right? And then they, they they get a little kayak or canoe, and they'll go through these caverns that go 50 miles in and one they, direction. And then they go, how do I get out? And then they map it, yeah. but they don't share the maps publicly. They yeah. share the maps on, you know, like the website addresses 1.264.7. But but if you shared no. some of these cool finds Pe- on nope. Wikimapia. Nope. People, no. are, people are a-holes. What you'll get is opportunists who need a part, and they're going to go find these things and start stealing stuff or steal the car in the middle of the night or ruin them, and then the treasure that is there won't be there anymore. So exactly. So you can't, I, can't do it. I've used uh, – there's a few map programs I've used. Google Maps has a thing called Google My Maps, and it allows you to have a private online um, map that you can pin locations yes. to. It's 100 century – Gives you like 2,000 pinpoints that you're allowed to do. I And you can do every layer, you can do 2,000 points. So I have like four layers of, I'm not, I mean, I'm a train, I mean, I'm a car nut, truck nut, but uh, I love trains. I love airplane archaeology. Who doesn't love trains? I mean, and yeah. airplanes, it's all awesome. Oh, yeah. No, anything, that, basically I say if it has any kind of, as long as I'm not walking, I'm interested in it. Um, you know, old bicycles, motorcycles, anything with an engine or two wheels or more. I'm more than happy. So that's what I started doing was every, like you said, whatever, with every airplane thing, I, cause I had a, a spreadsheet originally with all these um, stories. It was a real pain in the rear to try to figure out, Oh, let's say I'm going to Ohio. Oh, what's in Ohio. Well, was, I mean, Ohio's a big state. What is actually near my route that I'm taking? And so this map program, like I said, Google my maps or a mango map, it allows you to have a private map that you can pin locations onto. And uh, so that's what I've done is I have, I think, 3,000 barn find alone pins. Oh, wow. my gosh. Oh, yeah. 
Um, if you look back on my Instagram feed or Facebook page, um, you can look. I had actually a breakdown of all the different layers. I have like tra- I, I posted a while back. Uh, I found a steam locomotive in the forest. I posted the B seventeen. Wait, 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 wait! Stop, layer- stop, stop! In the fo- what? What in the forest? What was it on? It was on tracks, and they had removed the tracks, like except for what it was sitting on, or. It's, it's actually a really cool story. There used to be a steel factory west of Chicago that still that they were the ones that scrapped out steam locomotives. But since they needed steam loco- or they needed locomotives to move steel through the, the their uh, facility, they would just take the newest steam locomotive and use it, wear it out, and then scrap it. So they were using steam locomotives up until the eighties. They were actually one of the last steam locomotive users in the entire country. Um, and so when the last three locomotives were being decommissioned, they pushed them onto this, like a stub track that ended in a forest, uh, basically, but there's a little drive where you could like back up one of those transport trucks that like haul like cabooses or locomotives and such. So all these museums came and picked up everything, but one locomotive and it sunk into the ground and the forest came up around it. And, uh, so there it was, I mean, it, you can see the picture. It's literally the tracks are completely buried in the ground now, but here's this big locomotive just sitting in the weeds. Man, that's awesome. So tell us a little bit about the B-17, because that had to be a big surprise when you walked in and saw that for the first time, because that's not a small oh, no. plane. No, no, that, and that was even a bigger surprise than you would think. I mean, okay, it's a, I didn't even know that it was there. I was next door looking at three fifty-seven Chevys in a shed, <laughs> and they were four doors. There wasn't anything really. I mean, they were cool, but it wasn't special. And when I'm talking to the owner, he goes, "Hey, do you know what's next door?" And I go, "No, what's next door?" <laughs> Please tell me more. He goes, "He goes, just go next door and tell the guys that Steve said hi." I'm like, "Okay, drive next door." And there's, it's a big old barn. I mean, it's not doesn't have like a big airplane painted on it. It's just a steel and wood barn. And I pull up and nothing in particular. There's a guy smoking outside. I'm like, hey, uh, this guy next door told me to come by and, you know, see what you got in the barn. He goes, and this the guy who's smoking goes, hey, so you don't know what's in here? I go, no idea. He, he laughs. What's that? It's cigarette? like, it's goes, like you're the idiot. You don't know what's in there. Yeah, like, like, there's, what? an, there's an inside joke. How and, do you know not know yeah, what's in here? Yeah. Like I said, there's nothing outside to tell what's in here and then so you walk through a regular normal sized door that's like built into the bigger doors and there it was the main fuselage of this b-17 bomber i went huh <laughs> that's not normal <laughs> where's it's the airport like, it, it, it's not at an airport i mean there's not a landing strip nearby it's literally if you, i did a video a long time ago but um it's only farm fields all around it. There's, I did a video of a 360 from that barn, and it's cornfield, the house next to the barn, the barn, and nothing but cornfields all around it. So when the guy finishes it, or at least partially finishes it, he's going to have to truck it about 20 miles to the nearest airport just to assemble it, I mean, in its final form. Well, so how ridiculous. did it get there? Trucks. It's See, everything line. goes back to trucks, Lightning. <laughs> Uh, the guy found he was looking for a B seventeen and he found it out in New Jersey at a scrapyard. Um, and what had happened was they were going to scrap it immediately, so they cut it up. They took the wings off and they, I think, they cut the tail off. And it was at the back of the yard. And other stuff had come in, so they were busy other stuff. And this plane kept getting moved further and further back into the yard until finally it was just buried and they didn't touch it for like fifty years. And then he found it, and the yard was closing, so he bought the plane. 
hauled it out here to the middle of nowhere, Illinois, and um, started restoring it. And it's really cool because it's an early B-17. It's a tall tail, what they call it. Um, it was converted to a cargo plane, so they never converted it because these planes were known to break the tails off because the, the tails were so tall. And they were converted to, a, a, I think it's called a short tail model, but this is an original tall tail B-17. That's awesome. Um, and it's really neat. I mean, it's amazing. Looking at your pictures, it looks like it's polished. Well, I mean, he's been restoring the main fuselage now, I think, for 20 years, 10 years, something like that. Okay. What's the, what's so the, the plan, box, Ryan? He's going to restore it, and it's going to be back in flyable condition, he says, and fly it, I guess? I mean... Wow, there's only he, a handful of B-17s that are actually flying now, so, I mean, that's a huge undertaking. More power And too. unfortunately, like I said, it's in the middle of a farm field, and it's... You know, he only has a handful of volunteers that help him put it together. And how old is and, this guy? Is he going to pass away before he this comes to fruition? Because you've got to run into these all the time where it's a guy who wants to restore his youth and it's just never going to happen because he's either getting old or he's out of money. Is this one of those? This guy, he's not that old. He's in his probably, I'd say, 50s, maybe 60s. He's got time. He's, he's, that's what I'm saying. And he's actively been working on it. For 20 years. It's not like it's been sitting. I mean, it was sitting in the junkyard for 30, 40 years. Sure. But it's been actively worked on as it's been in his possession. So it's not like it's just sitting still, but it's just there's so much. I mean, it is. Uh, I think they finally finished. I haven't been there in about a year or so, but I know they finished the tail and I think they reconnected it to the main fuselage, but they never touched the way you could see the wings. I don't think they've ever touched them. The engines. Who knows? I don't think they've ever touched them. And so he's got a lot of work to do. That's the bottom line. He's got a lot of work to do. Oh Hmm. yeah, years upon years of work, unfortunately. But uh, what I didn't show in the pictures is behind the barn that faces the cornfield. He has piles of jet fighters. That wait, wait, what? Piles of jet fighters? He buys these surplus jet fighters and he uses it for trading fodder. Like, see, so you can't see this from the road. And I, the first time I was there five years ago, um, I had no idea. He's like, oh, do you ever look behind the barn? I look behind the barn, and there's three jet fighter, some Navy one. I'm not real up to date on. So that's um, like having a roadrunner that you're restoring. And so you bought like a bunch of Mustang Mach 1s. Knowing that somebody out there will trade you Mach One parts to get your Roadrunner back on the uh, back on the, uh, like, on the road, exactly. yeah, that is exactly it. And he had a whole bunch of uh, original military jeeps that um, either shells or entire units. Some were sitting outside, some were in the barn behind the B seventeen. Is his name Rick um, Payway? <laughs> no, I think I think even Rick Payway has him beat on how many jeeps the. Um, the guy asked. Now, people don't necessarily know this, but Rick is a huge World War II aviation buff, and in one of his project vehicles, he has the uh, wheel of a bomber as a steering wheel. Oh, that's oh, cool, which that. is very cool. So that's why I laugh at the, the flat fender Jeeps in the uh, B-17 reference, because Payweight would probably lose his mind if you ever told him where that place was. Like I said, I mean, it is public. I mean, it's not public like anyone can walk in like I did, but it's on Facebook. Like I said, if you just Google Desert Rat, B seventeen, it will pop right up, and it they act they uh, actively on their Facebook page show what's going on in the airplane, and um, awesome. like I'm going to be doing a tour, I think, with some of my Mopar friends here in the next few weeks because um, I like I said I haven't seen it in a while, and uh, I found a bomber site for a B seventeen in a garage 
in uh, Detroit that I'm trying to connect the two on, so it should be pretty cool. So, yeah, I guess in your travels, you find all sorts of stuff, and I'm a, I would imagine that there are people who probably call you and say, I'm looking for a particular vehicle or year. Do you know where I might be able to, to find a donor or the, these parts, right? Uh, on occasion. I mean, like I said, 90% of the stuff that I find isn't for sale. But um, if anything ever does pop up or, you know, I do have a list of people who are always interested in muscle cars or, you know, cool trucks and such that um, I go down the list. I'm like, hey, I found this. Uh, 69 GTO Judge. It's been sitting for 40 years. Wow, uh, here's that's some cool. Here's something of it. And well, yeah, are you interested? And yes, no, maybe. So let's talk trucks for a second. What is the rarest or most special truck you've come across that you're like, I either I've got to find, I I, I need to own this, or someone's going to get rich off this truck. Oh man, I found a lot of stuff like that. My favorite truck though is a Dodge Dude. Have we, you guys ever heard of the Dodge We have actually talked about the dude on this show. Oh, my God. That was many That's episodes ago. Do, do you remember what was special about the dude advertising? Come yeah, on. I, I know what it is. Yeah, I so mean, Ryan knows. I don't recall. And you corrected me on the gentleman's name who was in the advertising. I don't recall. I have a, You know I have a bad memory. I know. You have horrible hearing and a bad memory. Mm-hmm. And um, What's that? Don Knotts. <laughs> Oh, Don Knotts. And, and, Don Knotts. Yeah, and there is advertising for the dude, and there's a picture of Don wearing a uh, cowboy hat and stuff, which is hilarious. So, uh, it is. So you find uh, this, and was it in complete disrepair or in decent shape? What, what was the story with this dude? Uh, well, I found a few of them through with the this years. Dude, that's but, funny. Here you go. Here's the ad, by the way. I pulled oh, up the there's ad the ad. Lightning. Oh, look at that. Lime green. It's the, uh, yeah. the ad is from, uh, it doesn't say what year, but it says, The Dude. New sport trim package for, and then it doesn't it doesn't have the year, but it says uh, Don Knotts says the dude is another tough truck from Dodge in uh, in uh, ex- exclamation points or in uh, quotes, and it says Dodge swept line works like a Wrangler, looks like a dude. Now you can order the rugged Dodge swept line snazzied up with the new dude sport trim package. <laughs> the dude is designed for people who want a quote unquote tough truck built by Dodge and a sport truck that has the looks to make the heads turn. But why Don Knotts? Because Don Knotts was a goofball. He was always a goofball and you'd get if you were going to call something a dude, wouldn't it be like John Wayne or something like I don't know. Yeah, I mean, Not you, Don Knotts. Like in in the ad it's like it's trying to expose, you know, it's trying to be cool. Don Knotts was never cool. I mean, no. he was a funny guy. Yeah. And he was a, you know, goofball. But if you want, like I said, you want John Wayne, you want, you know, Clint Eastwood. You Maybe want that's part of the, you know that- that's part of the lore. That's part of the fun of the dude is, is but the, not the at the time advertising. Yeah, but not at the time that, that, that they created that. They needed someone like, you know, important. In, ca- in, uh, in case anybody's wondering, the dude sport trim package includes the following items. A new body side C decal. It's the C stripe, white or black. New tailgate decal with Dodge identification, white or black, plain tailgate, bright tail lamp bezel, body colored outside mirror arm, body colored gas cap, which by the way, body colored any of that stuff Super back Super rare. Yeah, that was a big deal. New yep. dude decal, new passenger car type 15 inch wheel trim rings uh, on the D100 models only. Apparently you could get a dude on uh, higher, higher uh, payloads. Black painted wheels with black decal or white painted wheels with white decal. And bright hubcaps, and they were 16.5s. 16.5? Yeah. What a bizarre so size. That was a crazy package back then. Well, if you remember a lot of the yeah. G- GMs of the uh, mid-'80s had 16.5s on them. I it. know. I didn't yeah. know that. Yes, they did. So yeah, no, absolutely. Uh, you came across this. You're like, wow, that's cool. Have you ever bought a truck that you fa- found or made an offer or, or some guy's like, you can get it off my property and you can have it? 
I wish. Um, I mean, my Ram charger was the closest thing to that. I mean, there's, uh, it's, I don't have, I live in Chicago, like Chicago proper. So I don't have a lot of space to put stuff. So I've uh, been able to put a few friends on the trucks and such, but most of the time, uh, I have to, they aren't for sale. I mean, like they're sitting on the fields and no one's really wanting to get rid of them. Sort of a shame. The dudes and all that. <laughs> it's sort of a shame. You could sort of feel like these things could be returned, you know, to the road and here they are just sitting around a field. Oh, absolutely. Especially the trucks, you know, the old farm trucks that have that real, the, the look of patina and the, you know that they're just rusting away on the field and they, you know, the owners, just like every other car I find, you know, oh, they'll get to it someday. There's a reason they kept it out in the back 40, you know, and didn't crush it. And I'm like, oh, that just sucks. I mean, like the dude, I found three dudes and all of them will probably be there till the end of time. And it's really sad, especially one. Um, the one that I love is a bright orange. They drove it next to a barn. Literally drove it in the spot, and the father was crazy, and it has sat there ever since. I believe that's the uh, one that you sent us the picture of, and I'm going to show lightning right here. Oh, look at yep. that! It, it's got some uh, what? Not lattice. What do you call that fencing material? Yeah, kind no, of it's lattice. Yeah. Lattice. Yep. And yeah. it's it looks like there. It's on grass. It looks like. Uh, it's almost like a sod um, where the vehicle has sunk deep in it, so yes. it's like hubs deep. Well, the body, yeah, the body and, line is level with the grass. And next to the lattice looks like lettuce or some other vegetation <laughs> growing up, and, and it's sort of sad. It's a eight foot long bed. It's it's. I what mean, would that go for today cool. if it were fully restored? Oh, I have you know, dudes, they didn't make a lot of them because Don not sold them. But um, usually they go for the, I mean, a fully restored, perfect one. I've seen one go for thirty. Okay, that sounds about right. Yeah, and, and you got to remember, uh, the sixty-seven to seventy-two C10s are king in that market. Followed yeah. you know, short beds, followed by the F one hundreds, which are probably have just come on the last couple of years, maybe five years, and then really the the Mopar stuff is now really just starting to get valuable and people are starting you know you and I saw at Lone Star Throwdown there's that old D100 that had the the Hemi in it yeah 61 oh, swap gorgeous. Right? and and you know with with all the short beds drying up for the Fords and the Chevy and I mean you know Chevy short bed C10 of that era in southern California running totally piece of crap but running is probably 12 to 15,000 and the oh, same yeah. thing as a Mopar, you might be 4,000 or something like that. What's the most heart-wrenching story you heard from uh, around a truck? You know, whether it's grandpa's truck or is was there any story where you walk yeah, up, I'll, you ask them about it, and they just unload? Oh, yeah. no, With I their emotions. The yes. <laughs> not <laughs> their shotgun. Yeah, they're not it's shooting at you, which I'm sure does happen as well. <laughs> you know, as long people are, I mean, I've only had one really bad incident with an individual and it was because they were crazy. Everything else, I mean, I've had people, you know, say, hey, you know, I'm not interested. I've never had a gun pulled on me. I've never, you know, had anyone threaten my life any other than the one guy. Um, but the, the saddest one was there was a, a really cool Chevy C10 long bed. It's a long story about how the family got it. But the uh, grandfather died in it, actually. Not like, you know, got in an accident, but he pulled up to the house, had a heart attack in the driver's seat. And, you know, they got him out of it. Unfortunately, you know, he had passed away and they never touched the truck. The truck just sat exactly where he had driven it to. Oh, that's creepy. A little bit. I mean, you know, they closed the door and, you know, it, it was on four. When I had finally come across it, you know, like there was a bush coming up through the bed. 
um, the the flat, you know, it was flat tires. It was in a, a wooden, like a asphalt driveway. One hundred percent, that thing is haunted. Just telling you, yeah, hundred percent. He's still oh, yeah. living in it. Yeah, <laughs> that's why I'm like, okay, great to know. I took like one picture. I'm like, you know, I don't need to steal anyone's soul today. Yeah. So I'm just gonna keep on going. I saw Grandpa next to the old truck. Wouldn't it be weird if he took a photograph and later developed it and, and he there saw was like, ghost. like the the fog was yeah. sitting there in the driver's seat looking at you or something? Oh God! But I yeah. wonder if anyone's actually ever sat in the driver's seat. No. That'd be creepy. Yeah. <laughs> I have no idea. I, I didn't want to know. I you know I'm like because I was driving by and I'm like oh that's kind of a cool truck. It was it was a uh, it was a really what kind of weird green did they have in those eras? Like it was a bright green. Yeah, it was. It was. So, um, oh man, I can't remember the name of that. It was. You, you mean like had, a, like a neon type? Yeah, green? like a lime, like a really bright lime yeah, green. Yeah, like a lime green, but it wasn't like neon, like Mopar, like sublime. Right? But it was just like a really. You didn't see this green a lot. I'm like, because usually you see the darker greens or or you know gold or whatever. But this was like a really light green. I'm like, oh, that's kind of a neat color, and it looked original. And yeah, it was original, and I didn't need to know anymore. <laughs> so, Ryan, you've written a couple of books, Amazing Barn Finds and Muscle Car Barn Finds, and are those available on Amazon and everywhere? Are they still in print? Yeah, uh, well, we are doing another printing as we speak. Um, they are in, in stock on Amazon through different retailers, so you can pick them up currently. Okay, your recent not claim to fame, but your your biggest look is uh, Instagram, the Auto Archaeologist. Correct. Correct. Over a hundred thousand people watching his rusty car porn. It yeah. is. It. I mean, literally. So the way we found by the way Ryan, that that is my adult name. Oh, rusty I thought that Carborn. was. I thought that was your band name, <laughs> Rusty Carporn. Uh, uh, yeah. So I was scrolling through, and I saw that we were liked, and I went, "Oh, this is a cool page." I went through and probably spent like an hour looking at awesome rusty old treasures, and then went, "All right, we got to have this guy on the show. This is awesome." Yeah. Like I said, these feeds are really special. He's on uh, Ryan's on YouTube as well. So YouTube.com/slash/AutoArchaeology. Mostly cars on that. Are you gonna? Are you trying to add truck content, or is it just whatever you happen to find? It is whatever I come across, but um, there has been some truck stuff, like that Dodge dude that I sent you the link yeah. or the picture of. I do have a video of that that will be coming out here in the future. Nice. But I tried to do the monthly instead of all at one time because I have I travel all the time, so I have big backlogs of pictures and videos. Little Red Express trucks, C10s, um, awesome. Ford, you know, um, swept sides, F100. Sounds like it's time Little for a, uh, an intern. A truck book. No, he needs an intern, somebody to help him. Yeah, well, Sift that's this stuff. Yeah. Don't be sitting on this. Get share. <laughs> share the love. <laughs> Come on now. I wish. <laughs> All right, Ryan. Well, I appreciate you hanging out with us. This is really, really cool. And you guys, again, Instagram, the auto archaeologist, if you want to peruse the photos. Sounds good, gentlemen. Yeah, there's pictures, video that's always popping up. Awesome, man. Well, we uh, we appreciate your time, and thanks for uh, being a listener because we love finding out that cool people listen to us and we can kind of share our passions. No problem, gentlemen. I appreciate you having me on, and uh, here's hoping uh, I don't have I, or was it iTunes, but uh, five-star <laughs> review. Hey! hey! Five-star! Right, right on, brother. And that's uh, <laughs> Ryan Brutt, uh, the auto archaeologist, and uh, we will uh, we'll keep up with you, and if you find anything cool or have any stories uh, truck-related, give us a call back, and let's get you back on. Uh, next time, I'll have to tell you about how I found the original uh, AMC prototype Jeep uh, CJ5. Wait, why do we wait, have what? to wait? No, we're not <laughs> waiting. <laughs> 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 hold on, back stop, up. Stop. No, no, no. Wait, hold on, hold on. Beep, beep.
beep, beep. Oh, that's our back noise? Up. Yeah, okay, put it in all right. reverse. All right, stop. Now we're doing this. It's hammer time. <laughs> oh, geez. Okay. Um, <laughs> so a gentleman had contacted me. He's out in Detroit area. He's like, my grandfather was one of the head designers at AMC during the heyday of the muscle car era. Like, he helped design um, the, the Marlin, the, the original Tarpon. And so he was one of the head engineers. And what they also he had a military jeep that I'll tell you about in a second. But so in their styling studio, they had one CJ five, I think it was, yeah, CJ five. And every package you think about on the CJ five was mocked up on this Jeep. It was a very early production one, so they couldn't sell it. It was a prototype. Um, so like the, the screaming, you know, the golden Eagle, the, you yeah. know, all these different packages. Every stripe package was modeled on this exact one. Oh, and man. Including the Levi all... package with the Levi denim jeans uh, seat covers? No way. Yeah, true story. Everything. I mean, he has, and they had pictures of all the different ones. And then when the CJ5 was going out of production, um, they were going to, just going to crush it. And so he paid the company a dollar and hauled it off to his barn. And there it's been wow. ever since, sitting no. in the grandfather's barn. That thing is legend. That's a huge piece of history. You almost wonder if the Jeep Museum wants that. Uh, Chrysler has a museum in Auburn Hills, and that's yep. it'll be right at home there. That's a lot of um, history. Unfortunately, unfortunately, the Chrysler Museum closed uh, four years ago. Well, they do. Yes, they did. <laughs> However, they still have a warehouse at the old Viper plant where all of those old vehicles went, and I know this. Because yep. when we saw the 2019 Ram Heavy Duty preview, we mm-hmm. did it in there. And that's where yep. all of those old cars are stored. That's got to be a huge I warehouse. believe that's the Connor Assembly. Well, it's not a warehouse. It was an assembly plant okay. where they hand-built the Vipers. And, and so, they're going to make that into a new museum oh, to awesome. showcase the cars in the, in the near future. It's a, it's a cool spot. It's And it's totally in a crappy neighborhood. And you turn down this crappy road and you turn into a parking lot that has cracked asphalt with grass growing up and you're going am i in the right spot and like neglected oh, yeah. chain link fences all around there and then you walk in and there's this huge collection of amazing historically so significant vehicles what's going to happen with this amc um well right now it's been sitting he, and that's you know the funny thing is that's not even the rarest car they have he has in the rafters of this barn the prototype show car amc electron wow it, yeah it's, i don't it's even know what that is AMC had a little tiny, it looked like a cheese wedge, <laughs> a, a, an electric car that it will, it wasn't actually a real car. It was just a, a styling book, basically. It had four wheels and kind of steered. It sort of looks like a. Oh my like, lord, wait a minute. That's out of the Jetsons. I've right, seen that. It sort of looks like a uh, like a futuristic, more angular BMW Isetta on top of like yeah. a go kart chassis. Yes. That's basically what it is. And that's actually sitting above the Jeep. In this barn, in the rafters. I'll send you guys a picture. It almost looks um, like what Disneyland modeled their Autopia cars after, uh, the, the first generation. Yeah. yeah, I could see that. And uh, in another barn, he has one of the very last um, military first-generation Jeeps ever built by the uh, plant out in, uh, was it Ohio? And it has like zero miles on it. It was one of the very last ones. And what they did was, when they were designing the new uh, 3A, 4As, 5As, and yada, yada, they had this military Jeep on the other side of the styling studio. That way they could always reference it for future designs. Wow. And at the same time, the 5A was being discontinued. They're like, okay, we got what's going on. We don't need this old military Jeep. And he did the same thing. He bought it for a dollar and put it away in a different barn. And there it sat 
for whatever. 40 That's years like now. the uh, president and vice president of the country can't be on the same flight. Right, he's stowing yeah. all these like rare vehicles in different barns just in case <laughs> something happened. It doesn't yep. take out the whole collection. Hey, Ryan, why don't you have a TV show? You know, I've talked to people about it. You know, I've had TV people contacting me, and I've contacted them. They're all about the flip. They want some sort of conclusion. they want to pay off. They're they're morons. They want to pay off. <laughs> they're morons yeah, because morons. there's human interest. There's a lot of human interest, and yep. this has an audience. They just don't know it. That's the problem is, you know, I try to tell them, I'm like, it's about education. It's Absolutely. about the adventure. And, you know, the payoff is I'm educated because I also I tell them, you know, like if I do a muscle car, I'm like, you know, this is what it, it, this is how rare your car is. This is how, what it might be sure. worth when restored. And so so the payoff is education. You know, I'm trying to, you know, show that these things exist. And yeah, TV execs don't understand that. Well, you know what? Fortunately, enthusiasts do, and uh, that's why you are killing it on your uh, Instagram and YouTube. So, again, Ryan Brutt, the auto archaeologist or auto archaeology. And, uh, dude, we really appreciate it. And, again, keep us in mind. If you've got some uh, cool stories you run across in the truck world, let us know. We'll have you come back on because we love love storytelling. Text, DM us, whatever. We can just pop you into any show. Sounds good, gentlemen. I will definitely keep you up to date. Next time I'll tell you about uh, the race trucks that I found. Oh, in the- God, I can't. No, you can't keep doing this. We can't. This- well, we got to have him back on. All right. It's all the, right. This is the Ryan episode. I'll, I'll talk again. <laughs> all right, buddy. Sounds good. And uh, and thanks for everything. And we'll uh, we'll talk soon. Sounds good, gentlemen. You have all a right. good day. Have all fun right. in Chicago. Thanks, buddy. All right, later. Holman, you cool? We get into some inbox. Oh, we got a few. You email? Yeah. I email. Do it. Goofballs. Yeah, we're dancing. All right, here's the deal. Uh, the first one is from. Oh, wait, are we there? Is it done? Is this, this one's from uh, oh, Cody Schneider. Loving the show. It says, Hey guys, I recently found your podcast and I cannot stop listening. I've binged the first 12 episodes in about three days. Okay, All right, that's, that's pretty good. Yeah. Although I don't know if, the, if that's the record or not. It's definitely not the record. <laughs> no, because uh, one guy did twelve episodes in like one sitting, which was awesome. Yeah. Uh, I run a lawn company and love to learn more about all things trucks while working. The guests you have on the show are fantastic, and I can't help looking up each of their companies in the evenings in search of all the right parts for my 2006 Ram 2500 Cummins. I'm on an Android device currently, but I took my girlfriend's iPhone last night just so I could give you five stars. Sweet. Thank you very much, Cody. That's very cool. Uh, Let's see. Got one here from uh, Kirk, and he says, Colorado's like yoga. He says, listening Mm -hmm. to episode 75 and hearing the discussion about the ZR2 that bent that frame. uh, Just going to link to this thread over on Pirate that has the owner talking about it. From what I remember reading, the owner has the scale slips documenting the 2,100 pounds and 347 pounds of tongue weight. Here's the link. Okay, so... I may have been a little hasty by oh, being no. angry. I still stand by so what I... So you were a defender, and now... No, 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 no. I still think that uh, abuse happened. He claims... I read the thread, and the owner claims that he was driving uphill, and all. And it's still, to me, it's like, mm, dude, I don't, I don't... There's something missing from that story. However, it wasn't apparently as heavy as I had said, so I'll eat that one. And um, I don't that, that his insurance feel, wait, wait, that doesn't feel like an apology. His insurance is 
You can't just say, I'll, I'll just eat that one. Well, because... Say you're sorry. I, well, I'm not sorry. You make me apologize all the time. Uh, but I'm not sorry. Are you saying you're not... You're sorry? I'm saying... We are deeply sorry. For questioning his story. No. But for, it started with my... It wasn't really his story. It started with were, my friend. You went on a crazy yeah, rant. You're well, like, you're way overweight. Well, I, I, listen, I still think something's not up. And I, I want to say that there, there was a pencil hook or something like that on it, which changes the force of the trailer. But he says he's going uphill and he wasn't going too fast. And I don't know. All I know is there's something fishy there and never believe anybody that says, my buddy, in front of a story. I still stand behind that. What happened with the ZR2? I think it's still a little bit murky. But if he's listening and wants to come on the show to talk about his experience, would love to have him on. So that happened locally? Truckshowpodcast at gmail.com. Did it happen locally? I don't know where it happened. Uh, But if you go to Pirate 4x4 in the uh, general chit-chat forum, um, there is a thread called, Seems New Colorados Like to Do Yoga. So if you look up that thread, you can read up from the owner and, and make your own decision. I'm all caught up, says Joseph Shannett. I'm Joe, a.k.a. Redneck Nerd. Hey, guys, I wrote in a couple weeks ago, and y'all read it on the air, and I finally caught up. I'm kind of sad now because I have to wait until Monday for a new episode. I have another question for y'all. With a torsion bar suspension, what would be the best way to lift it without making my ride worse than it already is? My O3 Ranger FX4 needs some help. What do you recommend? Uh, so there was a kit, and I had it on my truck that removed the torsion bars and put in coilovers from RCD, and it's no longer in production. Mm. Um, you can take the torsion bars out, and there's a number of fab shops and race shops that make a uh, coilover replacement kit uh, in long travel. I know that Camberg, our friends down at Camberg in Huntington Beach, uh, Jerry over there, he has a uh, kit that upgrades the suspension with reservoir shocks but doesn't remove the uh, torsion bars. He may have something, he may have a solution now that does do the torsion bars and gives you a little bit of a lift, but most of their stuff is about performance, not necessarily height. Um, There are some options, but it's kind of limited on that. And honestly, I haven't been in the torsion bar ranger market in a while, so I'm not fully up to speed on everything that's that's, uh, offered out there. Okay, so I remember when Swayway offered some upgraded torsion bars, and instead of having a, a hexagonal, uh, spline hexagonal, hexagonal, or, or hexagonal, hexagonal. Oh, I hexagonal. I, yeah, I think you're right. Hexagonal. Oh, no. I, I get one in my column. No, hexagonal. I don't know what it is. I think it's hexagonal. Hexagonal. Hmm. Anyway, anyway, moving right along. So they had a like, let's call it like a thirty spline. You know, and they said that it would ride better because you could fine tune it. And I thought hmm, that's. I don't know. You crank the torsion bars up. It's going to get rougher. Is there a way? Are there torsion bars that have different spring rates or? If you want a better ride, you have to get coilovers. Yeah, you can have different spring rates. You can turn up your your torsion bars. But then it gets hard. But it it gets a horrible ride. And you also lose travel, too, because you're changing where the vehicle sits in the the ride height, Mm -hmm. right? Because you're lifting it, and so you you end up losing down travel because you're moving the vehicle and pushing the suspension down. So there's really no way to get around it. So you basically— You really have to go to coilovers. I would think, yeah, coilover or a drop bracket kit. You might be able to get a torsion bar drop bracket kit from a, uh, uh, maybe Trailmaster had one back in the day. Superlift might have had one back in the day. Um, but, yeah, that's kind of limited on that. But he's looking for a better ride, though. He's not looking for more lift. He's looking for a better ride. Then if he's just looking for a ride, does he not say he wants lift in there? Uh, let me see here. He says, uh, you're right. He does say. He says, what's the best way to give it some lift without without making my ride worse? So you are correct. Yeah. I would uh, I would Google because, like I said, I have not been in that market for a long time. On my truck, I went to full race long travel suspension on it and did 
four inches wider per side and had 14 inches of travel with four-wheel drive in the front and 17 in the rear with Devers. And so that's one way to go. So with his truck, is there are any site specific that he should go to rather than just Googling blindly? Uh, there's DesertRangers.com and there's Off-Road Rangers back in the day. Uh, I don't know if they still exist because it's been a long time since I've There's got to be a Facebook group he can go to. Oh, I'm sure there's a Facebook group. Okay. So. Well, a little, a little uh, research will get you there. All right, we got one from Garrett here. It says, Dear Lightning and Holman, how dare you short me an episode? I listened to your episodes through Google Play. I was listening to episode 62 when you are talking about Jonathan Ward being on a previous episode. Hmm, odd, I don't remember that. I really enjoyed Jonathan after seeing him on the Hooligans Garage, so it struck me as funny when I didn't remember him being on your podcast. What is he talking about? After a bit of searching and comparing, you two shorted me an episode. It's on Lipson, but not on Google Play. The shame you two must feel. <laughs> Might want to inform us Google Play folks that they have an episode to catch up on. Yeah, uh, buddy! On Lipson. Uh, I'm backtracking and listening via Lipson feed as we speak. Hmm, will this get five stars? Probably, but time will tell. Oh, come on now. <laughs> Garrett. <laughs> Garrett, listen, we're sorry, but uh, the, I don't know. But sometimes the RSS feed doesn't yeah. get picked up, but here's the deal. You don't have to go to Lipson. You can go to Spotify. You can go to Podbean. You can go to Pandora. Radio.com, iHeart. Apple. You can go everywhere. So, But Lipson is our hosting service. They're amazing, by the way. In the podcasting space, Lipson is one of the best places if you're uh, in the podcasting world. And, and that's Lipson. That's L-I-B-S-Y-N from yeah, Liberated, Liberated Syndication. syndication. Yes. Yep, and they're they're amazing. So uh, glad you're, uh, you know. Finding us through them because we love them. And we appreciate the five stars, presumably, Maybe. that you're going to give to <laughs> us. We, we would appreciate them. Twitter, ha ha, says Matthew. Hey, Sean and fellow mini owner. Ah, oh, damn it. Seriously? Okay. Wait, not anymore. I sold my Mini Cooper to buy a truck. Anyway, I just wanted uh, you guys to feel the love from Twitter by adding you to my following list. It'll probably be another year before I open Twitter again, but I wanted <laughs> to help you guys and your numbers. Ha ha. Great show, you guys. Keep up the good work. Matt from Birmingham, NPS, he says, here's the mini. But now I daily a Tahoe or an old Ranger and is kind of a uh, real dark green with a white top. And then he says, oh, P.S. Here's my true vehicle love, though. The picture was taken the day I pulled her home on Christmas Day, to be exact. And my goal is for this to become my reliable daily driver, my 1978 Jeep Wagoneer. Oh, nice. Those things are awesome. Hashtag get busy living. <laughs> he that's said, cool. Matt, and look at this sucker. That is a that's a good looking rig right there. Yeah, an old uh, old full size Jeep as they called them. Yeah. Um, yeah, there's a few companies out there now that are trying to find them and they refurbish them and they go fully refurbished for like forty fifty thousand dollars. Say what? Yeah, okay. they, those things are they're, they're car- starting to uh, catch fire again. Are we getting reviews finally? Uh, almost. We got a, a email here from Dean says, "Hey Holman and Thunder Buddy." Yep. Says, I'll make it quick. Any chance of pushing the Truck Show Podcast August meetup to the second half of August? Nope. For those of us in the auto industry, we'll be out testing in Death Valley for the first two weeks of the month. I'm based in SoCal. I'd love to participate with my 94 Toyota Mini Truck (gasps) and the Truck Show Podcast t-shirt you sent me. Only yes. You read my message on show one. Yes. Figured I'd ask. Keep doing a great job. Uh, We're moving the party. Won't be able to make it. Uh, Dean from Covina. Damn it, Dean. Dean, dude, Death Valley's not that far away. Just 94 what? Toyota Saturday. You're not Mini. working Saturday. You're out there for two weeks, and on Saturday, you guys are going to sit in Furnace Creek in the bar. Just drive home, come to the party, and then drive back to Death Valley. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> it's a long S drive. Uh, by the way, it says, P.S., five, five stars. stars. Five star review. Five stars. Did we find out if Emmy was going to join us? So I did reach out to Emmy. And she told she us said, to F yourself. She said she was going to try and make it. Oh, really? Try, our... though, in air quotes? No, no, no. She, oh. she was serious about coming down here. 
And by the way, she's done a couple really cool things in the last few weeks that we can't talk about yet, but we're going to have her on the show as, she, as soon as she's able to talk Seriously, about it. Seriously, now Emmy has... She does, because Emmy works for technically <laughs> what could be considered a competing company to us. She does? She does. Since when? Uh, since forever. Oh. And so she has to wait until the story she's writing about comes out before she can come on the podcast to promote it. But she did a couple, I'm telling you, one of them is wacky, and one of them is something that every dude wishes he could do, and Emmy went out and did it. And by the way, she's listening right now, because I know when she listens, because mm-hmm. she texts me. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. She's yeah. listening right now. Right now, she's listening. Oh, this that's this weird. moment in time. This is super creepy. Hi, Emmy. Hi, Emmy. <laughs> <laughs> so hopefully, we'll see you. Uh, we'll see you out at the party. Yeah, buddy. Yeah, All right, got one here from Chris, who's written us before about Fab School. He says, uh, "What's up, boys? Just in the middle of you guys' conversation with Fab School. I thought it was really cool, especially me being 28 years old, and I own a manufacturing business. I've always said the same thing that blue collar work. There's not enough of us. It's interesting to see my friends." now graduating from college, asking me if I have any work for them. <laughs> Anyways, hope you had a happy fourth. Thanks as always. Five, Five stars! Sweet. Did you got some reviews for me, mine? Oh, dude, we got so many reviews. <laughs> I don't know why I said it like that. <laughs> <laughs> I laughed. Uh, dude, um, we're at uh, hundreds of reviews now. And, yeah? And our friends, our lovely listeners, uh, have been just dropping five-star reviews like they're going out of style. As soon as we can, can we say that we are legitimately grateful. Grateful. It's well, so like an embarrassment of riches. It's twofold. Yeah. Number one was hit five hundred five star reviews, and we're gonna party. Mm-hmm. And the other was, hey, those other people that did that other thing to us, mm-hmm. let's undo that. And our people came out in droves, so yes. we appreciate that. Thank you so much. Uh, so I don't even know where to start. I mean, there's we probably have. A we'll start with a uh, all right, uh, Megan Love. Excellent podcast to get addicted to. Wait, Megan Love or Megan, Megan Love? Okay. Megan. And <laughs> five stars. How about this one from uh, <laughs> Sand Willies? Sand Willies. But I'm assuming it's the Jeep. Um, right. I got Sand Willies the other night. <laughs> I've listened to every show. I look forward to listening every Monday night when I drive from Arizona to California. Holland Freight mm-hmm. takes my mind off watching my mounted parameters all night long. Oh. Great and informative show and five stars. Okay, we've got one from uh, Lost Kingman says, uh, these two hosts that bring the best truck show content of any podcast period, jingles that will definitely grow on you and fantastic guest interviews. Like a fungus. Leave you wanting more. Good job, fellas, and five Five stars. stars. And we've got one from uh, Rob Griff says, love the show and you keep me interested and more knowledgeable about trucks. Hashtag mounted parameters. What's our mounted parameters like max? How many should I do in a show? We never really we, discussed it. Yeah, well, we'll know when we get there, I okay. think. <laughs> and he says, five stars. stars. Uh, how about this one from... <laughs> you can't laugh before you get to it. <laughs> well, the uh, title of this one is Jabubla and Holman. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Love okay, it. you can laugh. So this is definitely a, a, a listener here. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know why I said I'm definitely a listener. They're all definitely They're listeners. All- <laughs> but this is somebody who's, who gets the Jabubli joke. They've been around a while, I guess, was what I was trying to say. Uh, this is by Crawl Hard. He says, from a Midwest boy. I saw Crawl Hard last night. <laughs> oh, no, you didn't. No, it was, it was, it was a follow-up to Die Hard. Uh, my Seven. Crawl, my Crawl Hard was I drank too much and was just trying to make it to bed. <laughs> from a Midwest boy, you guys are awesome. That being said, it did take me a hot minute to figure out how to get around the California pompousness. Love what you uh. do. Keep up the great work. And yeah, buddy. Oh, wait, 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 I didn't see that coming. Yeah, buddy. And five stars. Yes. Five star review. Five stars. Hey, 
our buddy with the tiny house, Slime Chili. Oh, yeah, okay. Uh, he says, love the show. Wish it was more than once a week, but always look forward to it. A fun, informative show. Would love to see videos of the show also. And he says, five, five stars. stars. Look at that. It's a guest that became a listener. He wasn't a listener first? Uh, I think he no, was a listener, became no, a guest, became a listener. No, he wasn't. He hit me up he was where guest? I work, oh, at, that, at that place that I work. And wanted some stuff for his truck. Uh, Gascoon says, the one and only podcast I actually listen to. This is the best podcast. They have new truck news, old truck restoration news, truck show news, and the best guests on the show. You get people from huge companies like GM, and you get people from companies so small you've never heard of. These guys are providing a great service to the truck community. You won't regret listening, and five stars! Uh, How about Lee Potatoes? Wait, Lee Potatoes? Lee Potatoes has been listening since the very beginning and have been thoroughly impressed on how hard you guys have worked at reducing the suckage. Keep on bringing in the great content. Let's go. Galasode 2.0. Great pro. He wants a Galasode 2.0? Yeah, he says, great podcast for all things truck. Yeah, buddy. Yeah, buddy. A lot of Emmy on this one. And five stars. stars. All right, we got one here from Garage Club 570 says, five, five stars. Yeah, right buddy. out of the gate. Oh, another yeah, buddy. Come on yeah, now. Yeah, buddy. And mounted parameters. Oh my god. Mounted monitor key engine parameters. How about a uh, awesome podcast, especially if you like trucks from McCain one one four, and that's five, five stars. stars. Wait a minute, you beat me. Hold, let's do it, oh, do it again. Look. We have to sync up. Right. One, two, three, five stars. Okay. There we go. How about uh, MT Sound, Ridgeline the Trail Boss? Before I started listening to the Truck Show podcast, I bought a 2019 Honda Ridgeline. After hearing you the- almost ran out of breath, I on almost that did, last yeah, time. because I didn't breathe Just at the right time. Pause, take a breath. After hearing the endless jokes that it's not a real truck, I quickly traded it for a 2019 Silverado Trail Boss. Thanks, Holman and Lightning, for showing me the way. Real truck, best life, and five stars! Five stars. And we've got one from uh, our fan, FJ Cruiser, says, Best automotive podcast ever. No way. Oh, yeah. And I really? appreciate it, but there must be some really bad automotive podcasts. Well, there's out there. bad ones, but there are ones better than us. I mean, come on. Uh, he says if you're looking for a morning show type layout that has the back and forth of the host and some great interviews with people in the industry, yes, the jingles can be a little annoying at first, but trust me, they get better the more you listen to the show and you might even start singing along with them. Oh, it's very nice. Or find yourself humming them and five stars. All right, we've got one from, uh, ooh. Harpkel390 says, award-deserving podcast. No. Awesome chemistry. <laughs> Don't great, be silly. No, really. Great. Inf- <laughs> Come on. Great information and amazing guests. Honestly, the best automotive podcast out there. Thank you. Thank you, guys. Appreciate it. Oh, they're too kind. Too kind. And? Five, Five stars. stars. Do we want to keep going? Or mm, are, I are think we good there? I think we're okay now. By I the way, every enough. one of those came on one day. That's what she said. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I don't know how to get out of that. <laughs> Five star review! Five stars! <laughs> you know what's funny about that is, like, she that was an impromptu she, Emmy. She stole your recorder. Yeah, she just did that. It was like you guys were up in Moab and she grabbed your phone. Uh, it wasn't phone. in the studio. She, yeah. it was, we didn't even know, and now it's, like, part of the show. <laughs> oh, man. All right, well, that's uh, that's it for reviews. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we have hundreds more to go, but we won't... Uh, we we're won't not going to read them now. That's, that's no, enough. But, no. hey, listen, we honestly... Sincerely, Holman and I really, really appreciate the reviews, and especially when you guys 
write them, you actually take the time to write something out Absolutely. to be funny. It's freaking awesome. So thank you guys so much. And Especially uh, the ones with our inside jokes. Like when, when you guys throw the inside jokes in there, we know you're a real listener. I'll tell you how it's really cool. Um, my kids and my wife read them and they're like, they get a kick out of it. That's pretty cool. So, yeah, yeah, it's pretty cool. Like, I guess dad's doing something kind of cool. Yeah, dad's cool after all. <laughs> <laughs> Barely. All right. Uh, speaking of cool, I think we should uh, get into Mega Rex trucks. I want to call Jeremy Dixon. We've been working on this guy for, that's not actually true. <laughs> we've, we've known about totally, this guy. We've known about this guy since one of you, one of you guys out there, yeah. hit us up very in like early episode on episode two or three. Uh, or it's something. like a, over a year ago, and, yeah. you, and you said you, you need, need to, to talk yeah. to Jeremy yeah. at Mega Rex. He makes these amazing F two fifty F three fifties that look like giant Raptors. And so I don't know why we suck and we didn't call him sooner, but I feel like we need to make up for it. Let's get him on the phone. Hello, this is Jeremy. Jeremy, Lightning, and Holman from the Truck Show Podcast. How you doing? Hey, man. What's going Great. on? We're excited to talk to you. We've got a quick intro for you, so don't move. You're the innovator motivator. You're the innovator motivator. You're the innovator motivator. Make new stuff, and it's really, really cool. the innovator motorator because you are making some big ass super rad trucks we've had several of our listeners uh write us call well, us leave let, messages let's back up so when we first launched the show back in march of 2018 mm -hmm. one of our very very first listener emails was you gotta do something with these guys so so we why had are we on, so why are we so late i don't we know it's, this been, long. it's been on the list i don't so know we're happy to talk to you you guys are lame that's probably true <laughs> so here's the deal jeremy is the owner and founder of mega rex trucks and you can find it at mega rex and that's two x's megarextrucks.com and he is famous for the F250R Mega Raptor. You guys have seen that. And if you go to the site, there's plenty of pictures, but he takes full-size F250s, 350s and turns them into Raptor killers. Or really badass bigger Raptors, <laughs> right? Is that accurate? Would you say that, Jeremy? Oh yeah. You can call them what you want, just don't get in their way. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, you you have a uh, quite the you know uh, front look on those of of menace. I would hate to see it in my rearview mirror because <laughs> these things are massive. So we're talking. I, I guess they're uh, Michelin. Is, was it uh, XML military tires? Uh, basically, it's like a Raptor body on a Super Duty, but solid axle, big fenders, big suspension, big wheels and tires, well, big everything. When you look at it, the first thing is you look at it and you go, "Oh, it's that's a Raptor." But then, but it's not. Well, but then you see a photo with a dude standing next to it, and you go, "Wait a minute, the scale is wrong." My, my favorite picture is he has a picture on his website with a Mega Rex on forty sixes with no bodywork on it. <laughs> and it's the chassis and a whole lot of tire. Uh, so badass. Uh, Jeremy, how did you get started? What's the, uh, where did this pop into your brain to do this? First of all, I have to tell you guys, this has just been the most fun I've ever had in my entire life. I mean, it's, it's just been a, a wonderful experience and a great trip and a, just an awesome, just awesome. I mean, I, it's the, you know, you get up in the morning and you're like, I got to get in the shop. I just can't wait for our next build. You know what I mean? Oh, absolutely. But, absolutely. Well, where, where did you, what's, it, it what's your started, background, Jeremy? How did you, how did well, you get this thing started? 
Oh, God, it's such a long story, and I don't want to waste your whole time. No, no, we got time. We got time. The IT specialist, uh, network engineer, and for hospitals for, like, God, forever. It seems like my previous life. And sold my firm to WebMD and said, I'm moving out west, man. I got to get into trophy trucks and all that stuff. Wow, that's a pretty good sale, by the way. Yeah, congrats on that. Yeah, yeah, I did really well. So I left Florida. And came out to Arizona, and of course, you know, trophy trucks are just, they make you slobber all over yourself, you know what I mean? Yes, they um, do. <laughs> it, it really all started back in 2015 when I heard that Ford wasn't going to make a 2016 Raptor. I'm like, what? Oh. I mean, are you, are you smoking crack or what? And so, right then, I just said, you know, I, I want the look, but I got to have diesel power. You know, I got to be able to tow RVs. I got to be able to pull boats, you know, and go out in the desert and and uh, and have a blast. And coincidentally, I had a, a Super Duty already with a V10 in it that I was running already 46s on, you know, the, the MRAP wheels on 46s. So how many no years ago is that? That was like t- 2017, 2016 time frame? 15, 15. 15. I mean, that's a pretty big, back then, I mean, I know we're only talking about, you know. Four years ago. Four or five years ago, but that is really when it started, when people Super Duties were putting 46s. I mean, that's a big-ass tire. There's still not yeah. many guys doing it. Well, and the cool thing was, though, that this had no hood, no fenders, no bed, and it was my river truck. I mean, I know you're going to go, what rivers in Arizona, but we actually have a bunch of streams and stuff, and. I would bury that thing, you know, five feet deep in water and just, I could go anywhere over cactus. I mean, mesquite trees. It didn't matter. That thing was just a bulldozer. (laughs) And when I actually built and designed the first, I want to call it F250R for racing, um, it was going to be on forties and it was going to look like a trophy truck. And I built one and nobody was interested. I was going to close the company. So at that point, you had formed a company. So you went straight from selling your company to WebMD, and then you go, I'm going to create a little automotive boutique. And and, and you hired a fabricator and a CAD designer. What were you doing? Like, how did you, what did, oh, did you just make the transition? This was, yeah. all, this was all block and foam and sanding and grinding. I mean, where did you I, learn that you skill know, set from? Well, from Florida, and and don't forget, I also hired people to assist me. But, I mean, back in Florida, everybody builds boats. And I had several companies back in Florida where we built, oh, my God, like way back, remember when everybody was making a copy of a Testarossa on a Fiero? Yes. I mean, you know, we bodied up for that. We put V8s in them. Got sued by Ferrari this season. <laughs> no way. Awesome. Yeah, yeah, I know. I, I'm pretty proud of that letter, you know. <laughs> I hope you have Ron a frame in your house somewhere. Driscoll or whatever the name of their firm was. Yeah, that was pretty cool. We built 13 of those. And then I built 75. Now, this is all while I was still doing the computer firm in Florida. Um, I built 75 uh, international semi-trucks that were lifted on... 54s and <laughs> and made uh you know uh, a pickup bed from scratch and everything it was uh you know a 10 foot long bed so you're the guy that started work. that 
Yeah, yeah. So I I had plenty of background, you and, know. And uh, International brought out the CXT with a pickup bed and stuff, kind of to capture that audience because the Kodiaks and you know people were starting yeah, to get those medium see, nobody duties. Nobody ever put up. Nobody ever put a proper bed where the fenders in the rear match the fenders in the front. Correct. And right. they fit the wheels correctly. It kills me when I see somebody put a little Ford pickup bed on a big on ass the back medium of a duty. Semi. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, it's just so stupid looking. But anyway, um, so I had quite a bit of uh, experience already, you know, an engineering degree, et cetera. And uh, but here's my point. I was going to shut the company down. I didn't think it was going to fly. And but I had I had some body panels that I had already built, you know what I mean, for the 40s. And I looked at my friend and I said, dude, let's cut these fender wells and body up my truck on 46s just for the hell of it. And so we started doing that. And it was uh, it was two days, three days before SEMA 2016. Now you gotta understand it took me almost took me almost a whole year to um to create the body and make the molds and get it all ready to actually go into production. And this is fiberglass or what? Yeah, fiberglass. Okay. So we pull, I swear, we work like three days, no sleep, rolled it into paint, got it painted, went to pick it up. They're like, look, the paint isn't even dry. Don't put stickers on it. We're going to SEMA. We want to take this truck to SEMA. It looks so badass. It was mega number one. So that would have been like, uh, you know, end of October 2016. You know what I mean? Okay. You know, when you're really tired and almost punch drunk, you know, you do stupid <laughs> things. Like you right now. Only on weekends. <laughs> yeah. So we're, get this, we're on our way to SEMA driving this thing. And we get to the Hoover Dam and we see all these off roads, all these dirt roads going off into Nowhereville. And we're like, oh, dude, we, we got to go hit this. <laughs> and so the next thing I know. We're off-roading for like six or seven hours, and the sun is starting to go down, and all of a sudden we go, oh, SEMA. Oh, no. <laughs> you know it's awesome and you're having a good time when you're on your way to SEMA with something that's going to completely grab the attention at that show, and then you forget oh. about it. <laughs> yeah, but, but he's, but he's pitting it with rocks and everything else, and he doesn't give a rat's ass. Right. And the paint's oh still God. wet. We were, just, we were just chucking rocks. I mean, the 46s. You know, that truck's got 538 gears in it with a V10. So it's just got the torque and, and the gear ratio to just chuck rocks. So we're just throwing them everywhere. But long story short, we go to SEMA. And, of course, we weren't in the show. We just parked out front, you know, in front of the convention center, right? So you're well, by, you, by probably because you couldn't fit inside. <laughs> well, but are you at Ford out front? So you're actually part of the convention? Because you're not, no, no, or are you no. under the monorail somewhere else? No, we were, yeah, we were just parked, we were across the street. You were in the gold lot. Oh, no, you're, you're the gold the lot. The gold lot. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and of course, that parking lot's gone now, which is sad. Which is sad, because that was almost a car show un um, unto itself, and a lot of people who couldn't get into the show would end up parking their vehicles in the gold lot. So anybody who was sort of curious to see the fringe right. of the show, you'd cross the right. street and go peruse the gold lot, and there's a bunch of cool stuff there. Yeah. Yeah. And so um, I'm in SEMA, and my phone just exploded because we put the phone number, you know, on the truck. It was insanity. It was absolute craziness. But there was one very special individual that was there, and he called me. 
And it was Martin Barkey from MBRP. Okay. And, you know, he makes all the stainless steel exhaust. Yep, really high quality stuff, too. I mean, yeah, yeah. I mean, top of the line stuff. And he goes, I've just seen the most insane thing I've ever seen. This is the best thing I've ever seen at SEMA. Where are you? And you know how they have the the, the banners hanging from the ceiling with the numbers? Yes. I look up and I'm like, well, I'm at 25. You know, I'm looking for the number and it's blowing around. And I'm hearing this echo in my phone, right? And he's standing right next to you. Right. I turn around and he is standing right behind me. It was so funny. We're like. Meant to be. He meant to be. Exactly. Well, you know, at that point, he said, I want to build these in Canada. And, uh, you know, long story short, the orders just started pouring in. We've mind? now built like 100 trucks of the 2016 version. Uh, you know, that's our Gen 1 body. Uh, of course, you know, when the Gen 2 came out or the 2017 Illumiduty came out, I really had no intention of bodying up for that. I was like, man, I'm getting old. I, you know, I don't need to do this. And I have to give credit to one very special person that, that made that happen for me. And it was, uh, I can't use his name, but he's a prince in Saudi Arabia. And he called me up and he goes, I'm just in love with what you're doing. And I want you to do my 2017. And I'm like, well, I, I haven't even started the body or anything. And he goes, uh, okay, not a problem. This was like on a, I want to say like Monday night at like 7 PM or something. All right. I get a call the next morning and it's him again. And he goes, look out your front door. And I'm like, well, I'm not even at the shop yet. What are you talking about? And sitting there was a brand new 2017 that he sent to me literally overnight. I don't even know how he got it to me overnight. Oh my God. And, and he's just like, take your time, do whatever body up the truck. And I, I want you to build me a truck. And, and at if that it would have been for him giving me the donor to to, to model it on, and I, I'm not going to lie, it took a year and three months to do it. Um, and it's six inches wider um, than the Gen 1 body, just so you know. Oh, it's, my Lord. Which is really wide. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's 18 inches wider than stock. What's the, what's the total width of the, of the truck now? The Gen um, 2. Well, the tire track is 98. But in Canada and in several states, they want the body to completely cover the tire. That's why I brought the body out three more inches on each side. So we're 100% compliant now with all states and Canada. I think California has that, too. They had that issue with my dually as well. Yeah, Although, you got to have mud flaps if you don't. Exactly. Yeah, you know, I mean, so it just makes the truck look wider, which I like. And uh, But it's nine inches wider on each side. You know, now, you so you you take on this uh, this prince's truck, but why a year and a half? You're you know you've got a lot of engineering background. You've got a full staff at this point. Why yeah. does it take so long? You kind of know how to how to tackle this project because I'm I'm OCD. No truck goes out without me going over the truck a hundred percent. And I will say that if you see one of your trucks in person, the uh, paintwork and the bodywork. Uh, is immaculate. Uh, you see yeah. a lot of aftermarket, 
fender flares that are done in fiberglass or desert racing that are meant to be sacrificial, or you'll see you know body kits. The headlights uh, never fit right on those things. Uh, the headlights always you always need a body guy to fit it. But your stuff is really clean and, and really well fitting. Well, there's a, a huge difference between race glass, sure, which, like you say, it's tear off stuff. I mean, you know, two hundred dollars for a set of fenders. I can't even wax our molds for two hundred dollars. Yeah. You know what I mean? Right. Um, all of our fiberglass is made in the United States, where McNeil and the others they make theirs down in Mexico, Mexico where yeah. you know the labor is a lot less and everything like that. But I'm not knocking their glass. They have a specific niche they're filling for the race. Yeah, they, they have a price point, and it's right. usually entry level kid, or it's a race team where it's going to be sacrificial and laying on the side of the uh, Baja 1000 course. Right. Right. Yeah. And who cares? Right. But like. Our glass, see, I grew up in Michigan, and I can remember, you know, driving in the winter where you got like a 1,000 pounds of ice hanging in the wheel wells and everything. And oh, yeah. so I'm like, no, this stuff's going to be at least three-eighths of an inch thick. Wow. It's going to be bomb-proof. It's going to be strong. This is not anything that I want to crack or fall apart. Is I mean, there this a reason is be- that you went with uh, fiberglass instead of like an SMC or something like that? Well, SMC is where it's uh, a two-part mold. It's an inside and outside. Right. We we just do hand-laid fiberglass and, uh, you know, gel coat and then, and then glass. And we have, oh, my God. Well, we have, a obviously, a schedule of layup. But some of the areas are literally, like, in the center of the hood is almost a half-inch thick. Because, I mean, you can literally put – well, I came out of the U of A one day, the University of Arizona – and there were like five cheerleaders standing on my hood doing a photo shoot. <laughs> I'd like to and see I that photo. Back and I went, man, I'm really glad we laid that glass up heavy. You know what I mean? <laughs> and the the other thing is, of course, the bedsides are so wide in the rear. Same thing when when you go tailgating to a football game or whatever, everybody's standing on the fenders to get a better view of the you know what's happening or whatever, and. You don't think about it, but five five guys that weigh two hundred pounds or more each, you know, that's a thousand pounds on the fender. So race glass wouldn't do that at all. It wouldn't survive. You know what I mean? Here's here's what I'm hearing about about Jeremy is that he doesn't need to do any of this stuff. So if he's gonna do it, he's gonna, he's do, gonna right. do it better. His name is on it, and he's gonna do it not right. just right, but better. It it's gonna be done to perfection, or or it's not. Yeah, it's just not gonna happen. You find. Yeah, you, you find know. that with guys who, who don't need to be doing something. You know what I mean? You, like you said, you could have retired, but if you don't want to put out schlock, you don't need to because it's got your name on it. And the other neat thing is, and, and I don't mean to sound arrogant, but the guys that buy these trucks are really well-to-do, and I like to interview them literally for three or four phone calls before I ever agree to build them a truck. And it's just because I want to get inside their head I want to know what their personality is. You know, a guy that is looking for a lot of bling, I don't want to build him a, a bland truck. And and the reverse goes as well. You know, somebody that that wants a, a pretty common reserve truck, you don't want to over go overboard and, and you yeah, know. There's those guys that want function. Over, he's embarrassed to drive it. You know what I mean? Absolutely. So, so you have to get in their mindset. You have to find out what they're going to do with the truck. The truck will never compete with a Raptor out in the desert. It was never meant to. But a Raptor will never compete with this truck uh, going through the woods or over big boulders. I mean, because 
the 46s lift the differential so much higher than on a 35. You know what I mean? Yeah, you've got to have, what, 18 inches of ground clearance or something like that? Yeah, it's just, it's insanity. And then add the 488 gears and add 1,300 foot-pounds of torque. And, you know, I can drag a, a house behind the damn thing. You know what I mean? It's, <laughs> it's literally a bulldozer. And then you combine that with our military um, MRAP wheels that are rated for 10,000 pounds each. Literally so bulletproof. You're not going to get the cracked rims. You know, you hit a pop. You know, I don't understand this mindset, and it's probably because I'm not, you know, in my 20s. But these guys that put on these 26-inch wheels with two inches of rubber around the rim. Flossing. And then they hit a pothole or a speed bump, and they wonder why their rim shattered. Well, you know, some of the guys that, that you know, buy these trucks, they're pulling a 46-foot cigarette behind it. They're, you know, they're going... They're toy hauler to the dunes. Some guys tow bulldozers with them. You know, I can't. That has got to on... be a sight to see rolling down the highway is a Mega Rex driving, uh, pulling a bulldozer. bulldozer. Oh, yeah. I mean, you know, I tow 20,000 20, pounds on a regular basis. You know, big long gooseneck with, you know, 100 military tires and rims. It's easy to be way up there. You know what I mean? So, Jeremy, walk us through. I'm a I'm I'm a new customer. I've got a brand new Super Duty, and I've walked into your shop. What are you going to do to that truck to bring it up to the Mega Rex standard? Well, the, like I say, the first thing that we're going to do is we're going to talk. We're going to find out what your needs are and what you want to do and where you want to be with it and what you're going to do with it. And then the next big question is, do you want to incorporate your your uh, your business or your corporation to it? You know, because you know, we have CAD designers, and of course, we can you know cut custom rock rings. We can cut logos. We can. Well, are guys using this as not a tax write-off? But if I own a big construction company, a lot of guys I see have trailers that they do dual use. You know, during the week, they're they're using it to haul some construction By equipment. By the way, there's definitely people doing write-offs they're, on it for their business. That's what I'm saying. Well, yeah, so if, so he, if he puts yeah JC Construction or something, hey, if JC Construction is pulling a bulldozer, then it's definitely being used for the business. That's all I'm saying. Right. 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 Sure. So, Jeremy, let's go back to the modifications that are done to the truck. So, we've talked, and you've got a good idea of what I'm looking for. What are the mechanical okay. and uh, and body, you know, changes that you guys go through? Okay. Well, I'm gonna go with the 2019 because that's okay. what we're mostly doing now. But they send us a truck, and of course, from the windshield forward, everything gets ripped off. I mean, just absolutely everything. You know, we're just left with a frame and an engine in the front. And in the rear, we pull the pull the bed off as well because we're going to take all the sides off of the um, off the bed of the truck. Okay. And so while we have it all torn down, that's when we go ahead and we modify the firewall because um, you know Ford the cab extends into the wheel well and it's not necessary. So we trim that back. We plate it all in. It's all Healy arced, You know. Um, the aluminum and and sealed with epoxy just in case there's a pinhole anywhere even though those bed rails um the frame rails in the cab are open to water you know what i mean yeah but we still do a really good job of of rebuilding that and then um uh and then of course i got together with um uh trevor hall of pmf um suspension uh i don't know if you know who he is but they do just beautiful machine work 
And we together designed radius arms that move the axle forward an inch and a half. Right. So you're trying to get the uh, the center line of the front axle forward away from that firewall, away from the A pillar. Right. And then it also exactly. And at the same time, it uh, accommodates the five uh, four and a half inch lift that is our standard lift that goes in the truck and corrects the caster at the same time. So the radius arm prevents us from having to use a radius arm drop kit. Um, and it, and the beauty of that also is that the arm slopes down from the frame at a, at a nice gradual slope to the axle. So if you go over like a big tree stump and you need to back up, you're not going to get hooked on it. And it also like, gives you smoother range of motion. So you have a better ride as well. And then of course we made it out of three sixteen plate versus Oh, my God. It's scary how thin Ford makes the radius arms on these trucks. It's really paper thin. Yeah. But anyway, so we make them a lot stronger. It fixes a whole lot of things. And then we use Icon Progressive Springs, uh, your choice of different types of shocks, um, adjustable track bar with um, no rubber bushings in it, all Heim made by Icon. Everything that we put in it is is the best. Dual steel steering stabilizers by Icon. And then we, of course, we start getting the front end ready for, uh, you know, the, the whole tilt mechanism, the mousetrap, we call it the mousetrap, which is a giant, basically two springs that take the weight off of the hood. So when you open it and close it, you know, a girl can do it. You know what I mean? It's, so it's does very the, Is it a clamshell? So it, the whole entire front yeah, clip lifts up? Yeah, the whole up? front end tilts forward. Right. Now, we do have... What we call wings are the the little mini fenders uh, right underneath the mirrors that the clamshell closes to. Those are affixed and sealed and bonded to the to the side of the cab. But then the clamshell closes on that. Got it. Okay. All right. You know, we use Anzo headlights so we get the the, the halo where we can get the white. Yeah, yeah. It's sort of a, your signature LED look that's a little bit different than the factory right. to show people right. this truck special. And since everybody now has gone to the white, I, I was like, now we're going to reverse engineer this. So we did a little bit of work on the lights. We figured out how to make it run where the the halo is amber. The three Raptor lights in the grill are amber, and we make the halo amber. And so the whole front end is amber. Now, if they want it white, we can do it white. But since there's so many that are white, we thought let's be different and we, we can make them amber if they want. You know what I mean? But then we have like four or five different bumper choices, everything from a stadium truck to a trophy truck, you know, to an, a severe off-road. I mean, you want to run over Prius, not a problem. <laughs> we do. <laughs> what about if you want to run over a Honda Ridgeline? I could do that. <laughs> How do you? No, I disassociate myself with anyone who has one of those, so uh, I'm not. Oh, yeah. I'm not aware of. Jeremy, do you ever get a client that off to ask you to do something that you just have simply you have to turn down just on principle? You know, I'm gonna say I'm an ass because I did. <laughs> okay. <Yeah. laughs> the guy called me and he goes, "I'm dying to build a Mega Raptor." Now you got to understand, this is like going back three years. And he goes, and I want to spray it all black Linex. Well, wait a minute. I'm looking at your website, and I'm seeing one that's all black Linex. I told you I was an ass, right? <laughs> <laughs> so I told the guy, I go, dude, you 
no, there's just not a snowball chance in hell. I'm not building you a truck. You're not spraying one of my beautiful creations with Linex. You're out. Goodbye. Click. And I hung up on him. Ouch. I feel so bad because after time went by, I started digging. You know, we started spraying the bottom half with Linex. And then finally, I was like, hey, I'm going to do the back half in Linex. And now my truck got sprayed today, by the way, all with all line X. You know what? I don't have the guy's phone number. If I did, I swear to God, I'd call him and, and just humbly apologize. Here's the other cool and build thing. Him a truck a at people, cost. <laughs> what, hey, let me, t- let me help some people out there because it's not just about me selling trucks. I don't, you know, we don't need to sell more. I just like to help people. So here's a little secret that a lot of guys don't know. Linex in the barrels is almost perfectly clear. Right. So if you go get your body color, you know, just the paint portion, the toner, you can have them mix that in and you can shoot your truck with all Linex and and have it be, it can match any color you want, whether it's a Porsche or GM or Ford or whatever. You know what I mean? Well, yeah, at SEMA, we've seen a lot of guys getting creative. I mean, what what blows me away are when they're doing graphics in the Linex, where there was oh, a yeah. time when you couldn't meet two different colors without it like like a blending right. and kind of getting gross between. You couldn't have a hard edge. And, right. and now you're seeing some really cool hard edges. How they're pulling it off, I don't have a clue. Yeah, but, it's all with special tape and cut lines. But, yeah, yeah, they're doing, they're doing some amazing stuff. So mine's going to be – lead foot gray instead of just black. But here's something that I think is pretty innovative that we're doing. We use a lot of uh, tube bumpers and those bumpers have removable skid plates on them and stuff like that. Right. Sure. And then we have the rock rings that go on our MRAP wheels, you know, that bolt on and bolt off. Yep. Right. And I don't know if you've noticed, but we use a lot of billet aluminum washers around our wheel wells and things like that. So here's the deal. Light went off in our head and we're brainstorming, you know, the guys in the shop. And I go, what if we made a truck like the canvas is just a black background, like Linex or whatever. And then we offer people two or three sets of different color rock rings, body panels and body washers. So in a matter of an hour, you can change your truck from black with copper accents to now black with ruby red accents or lime green accents. It's just so cool because literally in an hour or two, now you'll be able to change all the, all the color of your truck. Yeah. It looks uh, just those little splashes of color are are really cool and they're not, they're not overbearing. Right, exactly. So, so uh, I'm really excited about that. I can't wait to get mine done. Mine's going to be lead foot gray with copper accents on it. That's going to be the first color. And then I'm going to do a second set that will probably be a, like a candy apple red. Right? very cool. Yeah. Yeah. Hell yeah. yeah well, Linex adds a lot of weight, but it also makes it really quiet inside. No, no, no it's, it really doesn't. You know, it a, a typical truck only takes like three gallons, four gallons max. And okay, you so you're spraying it then, dude. It's a lot less than pounds. you and I sitting in the truck. That's true. That's true. <laughs> you know? fat ass. Well, you know, <laughs> well, there, here's the deal. If uh, if I get my truck sprayed with Linux, you can't ride with me anymore. 
Yeah, there you go. <laughs> well, let's not do that anymore. Let's not do that. Let's not do that. Do we have time to give these guys one more tip? Yeah, yeah absolutely. Okay, okay. You're going to love this. I don't know why Ford didn't do this. Ford built this incredible cake. And now I'm talking about their their front drive line, okay? They have the only straight axle with locking hubs out on the end, right? Correct. And those are actuated by airlines. Correct. Okay. Yep, vacuum. Okay, there you go. I don't know why Ford doesn't offer this, but we put this on our trucks if they request it. You can reach over to your four-wheel drive and flip it down to four-wheel low, okay? Now you're in low range, but you don't want to run on dry pavement and make tight turns Correct. with your truck in four-wheel drive. Everybody knows that, right? Correct. Well, we make it where you can flip a switch and you basically block the airlines. The front end doesn't engage, but now you've got two-wheel drive, Too low. low range. Nice. Although I think the only thing I would worry about there is if you're uh, putting out 1,300 pound-feet of torque, that's a lot of torque in low range through the driveline. No, but- no, no. Let me tell you why. Let me tell you what made this all happen. We were delivering a truck, can't use their name, but they lived in Beverly Hills. And we're delivering the truck, and I used a mega to pull this huge trailer with another mega on it. And their driveway. This sounds like a, Arnold Schwarzenegger. <clears throat> yeah, well, something like that. <laughs> their, driveway, their driveway was really twisty and tight, and yet it was like like this ungodly twenty five degree angle. And the truck did not want to go up that thing, pulling a you know a six thousand pound trailer and a seven or nine thousand pound truck you know what i mean i could see that in in high range and that's when the light went off in my head and i said i need i need two-wheel drive low so what i did was i put the truck in four-wheel low i walked up front and i pulled off the airlines so the front hubs did not engage so i could go up that hill and make all the tight turns and be in two-wheel drive but low range and it walked right up the hill Interesting. And that's what I said. We're going to make this an option on our truck. Nice. Gets better. Put a spool in the front differential and two separate airlines, and now you can have three-wheel drives. You can engage the left one or the right one because a lot of times when you're going down tight dirt roads, you need four-wheel drive, but you don't want to fight the steering right, with them all. Right, you'll, you'll up. bind up. Yeah. So we spool the front differential and run two airlines. We can engage one or the other and – you got a locked up front. You got a locked up rear. You know Ford's going to steal that from you, right? I don't care. <laughs> Nobody's doing it. What a great idea. Somebody should go patent that and sell it back to Ford. Yeah, they should. You should. <laughs> right? Isn't yeah. that a cool idea? I just wanted to share that with all your listeners. So, because so many companies now are so secretive about everything they do. You know, oh, it's a secret. We can't, we can't help anybody anymore. You know what I mean? Sure. We're not about that. Well, this we just, want to help everybody that's out there. This just proves that Jeremy Dixon, Mega Rex Trucks, is the man. Hey, thank you very much. I appreciate that. <laughs> <laughs> All right, you guys, you got to go to his website. Obviously, he's on Instagram as well, Mega Rex Trucks. But uh, if you go to the website, it's got his phone number. It's got the contact info if you're interested. But here's the deal. Don't yank his chain. If you're not serious, don't hit him up. I mean, go and look and get some eye candy, but unless you're serious, don't hit him up because it, he's he's busy. He doesn't need to sell any more trucks. He's got enough work, right? So if you're serious, then hit him up. And he's got like a, I noticed he's got, if you're serious, pay me a thousand bucks. 
Like that's it's yeah, right. You, that's fair. Yeah, you know, it's just like you that, need that a barrier does. of entry, right? right? Well, what that does, that just buys your place in line, so we can keep track of yeah. who's next up. So, you know what I mean? How? What's your uh, build rate right now? If I if I put an order in today, what's the oh, uh, right length of time? Now we're doing pretty good. Right now we only have about a three to four week wait. Oh, and and then uh, a typical build is two months. Okay, I thought but he was going to tell me like year, nine we months. Had six, we had a six month wait last year. And that was one more reason why it took me a year and a half to body up the Aluma Duty because we were building trucks like mad. And like I said, I didn't want any truck to go out without me personally going over at 100 percent. Well, I just didn't have a lot of time. Let me just remind the listener the reason we haven't had you on until now is because we were so busy. Yeah, there you go. So now we're no. glad that we can go I, full I, circle. I wish that were the reason. It's because we're <laughs> lame and we didn't call him sooner. That's well, why. Well, that might be true, too. <laughs> hey, that's all right. That's all right. All right. Jerry, I really appreciate um, Motor Trend doing the articles on us and some of the other magazines, you know, because we don't advertise. All you guys, you know, reaching out to us and promoting us, it, it certainly helps us, you know. Fantastic. Well, if you weren't doing cool stuff, we wouldn't care. I mean, yeah. let's be honest. You're doing cool hey, stuff, so we like it. Hey, the next time you have a little opening, call me back and I'll tell you about the 2020 excursion we're going to build. Oh my God! Look, everybody what? has extra stories today. This is crazy. Do we need? Do we? Can we get it now? Well, then nope. we can't have him. No, you're right. <laughs> right, 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 right. So we'll circle <laughs> back with you. <laughs> no, he's smarter than yeah, we are. He is. <laughs> <laughs> All right, you're the best, Jeremy. Thank you. We will check in with you again. All right, man. Sounds and, good. And, hey, thanks, guys. And when Appreciate we're down, it. and when we're down in Tucson next time, and we will be there. If it's cool with you, we want to grab a beer. Oh yeah, I'll take out one of the rock crawlers. We'll go crazy. All right, deal. We'll buy the beer. You let us uh, get a ride in the truck. All right, man. Sounds good. All, All right, right, brother. Have a good day. Thanks, Jeremy. Thanks. Oh man, hold on, Holman. Watch out! Step back. We got a truckload of truck news. <laughs> Do you think somebody's sitting in their truck looking around for the guy <laughs> yeah, that's backing up into them? Yeah. What's, What's new in trucks? We need to know. What's new in trucks? We need to know. What's new in trucks? We need to know. Lifted, lowered, and everything in between. What's happening in the world of trucks? Oh! That was good. Yeah, that was good. Uh, I think well the done. last episode was pretty uh, was pretty awesome as well. There was a long pause after we did the last one. It just kind of like the compression that I used kind of sucked up the the silence. It was cool. It was it was weird because I think we were so in tune and we just enjoyed it for a little while. That's what she said. All right, so uh, we've got all <laughs> sorts of truck news. Like you said, a that thing is load. so freaking old and yet I, it still cracks me up. What? Am I am I lame or am I like what, two that years was, old? That's what she said. Yeah, and, you know it's funny. Everybody still laughs at that. I still would all be out and. Places I love when like a eight year old kid says it at like dinner, <laughs> and you're like, you don't <laughs> even like, know what that means, but it's, it's still funny. I got a uh, press release here from our friends over at Bollinger Motors. You may remember the all-electric uh, B1 and B2. That had. was the embarrassing moment when I knew that it was Bollinger, and yet I still I felt like I had to ask him if it was Bollinger, <laughs> and I knew it was Bollinger. <laughs> I still don't know why you did that. I don't know why. Uh, so they, I needed absolute clarification, and he gave it to me. They've released some concept <laughs> images of uh, the Bollinger B1 and B2 electric uh, trucks outfitted with accessories and gear inspired by their social media followers for overlanding. So they're trying to, uh, I guess, 
counter the messaging from Rivian, who was out at Overland Expo uh, West, mm-hmm. with their uh, rig, and they're trying to say, hey, us too, us too. Is it too little too late, or is it no, cool? No, no, no. I, it's, I, think, I still think it's cool, but the range, remember we were talking about the range was like 150 miles, where the Rivian's like 400 miles? Mm-hmm. So I, I still think, you know, an electric adventure vehicle is still limited in some ways. I'd have range. So they have not come back in this press release and talked about an increase in range. Not yet. But mm-hmm. they're not they're not in production uh yet. They're uh I believe they're coming out is it later this year perhaps? Hmm. So uh more, well, more if to you come. don't know, we don't know. Uh so are they as well funded as Rivian cuz Rivian no. is just Well, R- Rivian, Rivian's got money coming out of their butt. The uh, a certain designer that was on a certain program mm-hmm. that everybody's been asking us about that I can't talk about? <sighs> Embargo. Just left that certain company and went to Rivian. Wait, Alan Macy, the guy that designed the uh, the gem and was hanging out with us? No, that's Alan Macy of the Manual Gearbox Preservation Society. Right. No, a certain somebody at another company okay. that I can't tell you anything about who might have been a lead designer left that company and went to Rivian. Sort of a big mm. deal. So could I Google this and find uh, out? You can do whatever you want. Okay. Uh, moving right along. Mm-hmm. Did you guys hear that? Uh, did you guys hear? You didn't even call me uh, out No, because I'm tired of it. Just move on. Well, I said, did you guys? I changed it this time. Oh, instead of, did you? Did you hear? Did you hear? Yeah. Did you hear? Uh, Ford released the- uh, You tr- didn't fit. No, you didn't, because on the last episode, you uh-huh. switched it up and you said, did you see? Ooh, did see? Did you see? Did so, you see? So the now I'm switching it up again to you. Did you guys hear? Did you guys hear? Did you guys hear? The answer is no, we did not. Ford released the uh, Super Duty Tremor package. Tell me more. Imagine a, um, I don't really, I don't want to say it's exactly a power wagon, but it's sort of Ford's uh, foray into a power wagon-like package. A power wagon-like package? A power wagon-like package. So you could take a crew cab, short box, uh, Super Duty, mm-hmm. F-250 or F-350. You can click off the tremor package. And, and what will that get me? Either a 7.3 gas. Okay. With a 10-speed? Yep. Or a 7.3 power stroke diesel. Okay. Which on the power sh- uh, which on the power wagon, you can only get the uh, gas engine. It gets you uh, the FX. Why would, they, why would they, excuse me, why would they limit that? Was it a space issue? Yes, because okay. the sway bar, the uh, disconnected sway bar won't Got fit it. with the cooling stack. Okay. Uh, there's some real estate issues there. It comes with the FX4 skid plates, running boards that are tucked higher than any other Super Duty model. It comes with a electronic rear locker and a front Dana limited slip. Mm. Power wagon has front and rear lockers. Uh, comes with a different uh, spring rate for the uh, sway bar and progressive rate springs for less head toss and a smoother ride on bumpy pavement. It has uh, 1.7-inch twin-tube shocks that are tuned for off-roading, although not as good as the monotube Bilsteins, that, the 2-inch Bilsteins that are on the Power Wagon. I wonder why they do 1.7. Interesting size. Uh, probably because it's millimeters, I'm guessing. It was yeah. a metric size. Oh, it I just see. worked I out to be 1.7. Uh, so I was going through the specs because I was sort of interested. Okay, so is the Tremor a Power Wagon competitor? Now, the Power Wagon, keep in mind, Wasn't has- Wasn't there a really bad 80s movie called Tremors where- um, No, this is something different. It, where it was, they were giant worms under under the ground. Completely and they different. trapped on their farm because they couldn't get through the, to the cornfields. Completely different. It is? Yep. Oh, okay. All right, this is the truck show. All right, anyway, so the Power Wagon comes with a worn winch, front and rear lockers, monotube shocks, and electronically disconnecting front sway bar. And 33-inch tires. Those the sound tremor, really small. The Tremor has 35-inch tires. 
also has a two-inch lift. But 35 still sounds so small compared no. to like... On an OE truck? No, it's huge. It's the same size as the Raptor. Oh, okay. So I guess I've got like 46s in my head now because well, of... Uh, yeah, because, because... Mr. Jeremy Dixon. Yeah, right? Okay, so think about this. Ground clearance on the Tremor is 10.8 compared to the Power Wagon's approximately 8.3. So more... That goes to the Tremor. Okay. The approach angle is 31.65 degrees on the front of the Tremor. It's 33.6 on the Power Wagon. Okay. The rear departure angle is 24.5 on the Tremor. It's 26.2 on the Power Wagon. Could you imagine a Power Wagon with 35s on it? It would have even better numbers. Yeah. But what's interesting is water fording on the Ford is 33 inches. It's only 30 on the Power Wagon. And the the Power Wagon is, I believe, uh, 33s on a 17, whereas the Ford is 35s on 18s. Now, I was looking at the crawl ratio because I'm like, okay, let's see how this thing works. The Power Wagon has an incredibly impressive 51 to 1 crawl ratio. I remember talking a few episodes about that. Okay. And that is an insane ratio. It's the, so low. There are a couple lower, but not many, Well, right? you can get 86 to 1 or 84 to 1 in the Wrangler okay. Rubicon. All so right, like, that's, all right. that's crazy. Yeah, that is. Well, and, and, you know, 15 years ago, uh, 75 to 1, 100 to 1 crawl ratio in the aftermarket was amazing. Now you're getting this from the factory. Now, 51.1 for the Power Wagon. It's 44 for the diesel Tremor. However, the 7.3 gas engine... 53.1. So it actually beats the power wagon. Wow. So Ford, 53 versus 51 is it which uh-huh. Okay, okay. So Ford kind of snuck a stuck one in here and uh said we are going to sort of quietly make this new truck for uh people who've always wanted power wagon capability. It's not quite a power wagon in every aspect, but it's pretty darn close and if uh you want to or you know if you're going to put a 2-inch leveling kit on your uh, Super Duty anyway, comes like this from the factory. And you already have 35s. You can probably fit 37s. Upgrade those shocks. Probably have a pretty darn nice truck. I still like the uh, electronically disconnecting sway bar on the power wagon and the front winch and front locker. But that new Dana limited slip works in conjunction with the brake system. Mm -hmm. And so it always makes sure you have traction to one of your wheels. It will brake wheels individually to send power to the wheel that has traction. So that's pretty cool. I wonder what the uh, the, uh, trim package looks like. Uh, it it basically looks like a regular Super Duty with blacked out wheels. Any special badging? Uh, just Tremor on the back. Okay. So, you know, nothing special there. They it's need all a about giant equipment. worm, like, coming up no, through, the, it's through not, the logo. No, they don't need worms. Yeah, they do a giant, giant worm with teeth on it and stuff like that coming through the cornfields. Wasn't that Dune? Uh, no, that was also Dune, yes. But uh, no, Tremor, I think they were... Yeah, this was... Um, what's that guy? 60? Oh, Kevin Bacon, I think, was in it, wasn't he? Wasn't Kevin Bacon in Tremor? Were there also Tremors? It was a, there was an S at the end. Oh, is that the difference between yeah. them? Mm-hmm. That's that's. The is difference. that the several degrees of uh, Kevin Bacon? I think so. Let me look. Yep, playing the repairman Val McKee, Mr. Kevin Bacon. <laughs> I'm sorry, Val McKee. Val Val McKee. Yes. So the uh, new uh, Land Rover Defender mm-hmm. got outed by one of its own engineering mules. How did wait? What? How did that happen? So our spy photographer got a picture of the instrument cluster from outside the car. Wait a minute! And on the instrument cluster was a graphic of the new Land Rover Defender. So between the speedo and yes, the, and on the DIC on the driver information yeah. center between the speedo and the tack, yeah, is a graphic representation of it. You can go to fourwheeler.com and check out the uh, all new Defender, which won't be unveiled till later this year. Wait a second! How did he get a shot? Uh, Lucky. That close 
through good lenses. Really? Uh, did I tell you I'm leaving on Sunday? Wait a minute. I'm I'm not done with this. No, story hold on. Yet. This is part of the story. Uh, well, I, I'm trying to figure out what kind of lens you have to have to get through the back window. I didn't say over, the back window. The, just through a window. It's like from but that from the shot side window. dead on. No, it's not. It's not. No. T- let me see your screen again. That is through like pretty being... damn dead on, dude. No, that is dead on. It's either through the sunroof on top or that's through the back window. Why is that important? I'm just saying that's a pretty amazing shot. The fact he that he killed it. Yeah, he did, and that would have to be one hell of a, a long lens. And it's through the back window, over the driver's right shoulder, and and the gauge cluster. And he got it. And he got and so it. If it's you want to see what the new Defender looks like, go to fourwheeler.com. Meanwhile. Somebody on the show is headed to London for things he can't talk about this Sunday through next week. Embargo. But I'm just saying that if somebody on the show were to be going to London to see something, isn't that a coincidence that we were just talking about an English brand on the show in this news item? Yeah, it's weird. Yeah, it's weird. Keep going. (laughs) Hey, did you, uh, hey, did you guys hear? Come on. All right, so uh, really sad news coming out of California. Go figure. Uh, they're trying to shut Wait, down let me, Pismo. Let me, let me, for good. Excuse me, what? Forever. I heard that there was a portion of Pismo they were trying to shut down. They're trying to me? shut down the whole thing. Uh, officially known as the Oceano Dunes State Vehicle Recreation Area, if you head over to change.org and look for the campaign that's Protect Our Camping and OHV Rights, Fight to keep Oceano Dunes SVRA open. Uh, you'll find it. They're trying to get 150,000 people to sign the petition. We're already up to 106,000 people. The meeting, I believe, is going to be on July 11th, so just a couple days after this show airs. Um, if you go to thatchange.org or head over to oceanodunes.org, you can donate, and you can find out all the information of who you need to contact in order to keep the dunes open. And, Who's uh, trying to shut it down? It's the uh, California Coastal Commission. Oh, dude. Which is an, uh, dude. depending on what side of the fence you are, is an awful organization. They already shut down a bunch of the dunes because of the snowy plover nesting area through part of the year. And then it gets even less area to recreate. And now they want to shut down the whole thing. I've been on both sides. Like, I get it. It it, it sucks. I mean, it's why people call us California. I'm, ah, man. But there I, has I get to be it. a place to recreate. That's the thing is everything else is shut down. This is the last bastion, and this is what happens. It's a slippery slope. Once they start shutting things down, there's a precedence that's set, and slowly but surely we lose more and more rights, and we lose more and more ability to recreate, and I would hope that with the amount of fervor you guys went and gave us five-star reviews, that you'll go to oceanodunes.org, and you'll participate in trying to keep uh, Pismo open. Yeah, look. The the Coastal Commission tries to do good things. I think that they're it sucks. I think I they do started think that their to heart try. their heart starts in the right place and they get such a head of steam they just can't stop. I have I own a, a clothing store that was affected by the by by that organization. We couldn't put a sign on our building because it faced the ocean. I'm not even joking. No, that's true. That's true, and uh, they tried to ban fire pits in the city that I live in because of uh, the uh, air quality coming out of fire pits in summertime. Like, really? Like, can't we have a bonfire at the beach, people? Uh, Anyway, so the meeting is July 11th in uh, San Luis Obispo at the Embassy Suites Hotel on Madonna Road, and uh, if you can show up and show support for off-roaders and uh, get up there, 
please do it because this is important, uh, not just to Californians, but just for our rights in general here in uh, in America and the ability to recreate and enjoy our sport. Uh, we would really appreciate any support anybody can do and donate oceanadunes.org. That's a depressing way to get out of uh, truck news. Got anything happy? Yeah, of course I do. <laughs> okay. Let's good. just remind people about our party. Oh, yeah. On August 10th. August 10th, 1 to 5 p.m. right here at the Motor Trend headquarters. You can, uh, we want you to come down. We want you to hang out with our friends at Nissan and Decked. Uh, we've got some, uh, we've got show cars. We've got vans. We've got trucks, Jeeps, the whole thing coming out. We have DJ Omar Khan from K-Rock who's going to be spinning for us. And, uh, we'll have plenty of ice cold Dr. Pepper. We're going to be, we, yeah, we're going to have some food for you as well. If you're in the Southern California area, please do make plans for August yeah. 10th. Come on down. From, yeah, from 1 to 5 and go. Go to Facebook to at Truck Show Podcast where you can RSVP that we can get a head count and kind of see uh, how much food we need to get. Also, decked.com slash truck show. You can enter to win an all expense paid trip out here to lovely California to join us at a party, be on the Truck Show Podcast, and get decked stuff. And get right? a deck system. Okay, and that's that, pretty rad. That's the grand prize, right? And they also yep. do have some other uh, decked products that you can win. Yeah, so you can get a D box, a cross box, and then forty five percent off a of deck system if you come in uh, second or third place. Okay, so head on over to deck.com slash truck show. It's gonna be a big old party. No, it's not really gonna be a party. It's gonna be a cool hang meetup. It's gonna be a meetup. Oh, that's what it a is. Meetup. Our five hundred five star review meetup. Is that what I'm calling it again? Five hundred five star listener meetup. Five hundred five star listener. No, it was five star. 500 five-star listener review meetup. Up. Technically, if you want to go to the deck thing, it's the decked, decked out 500 five-star review meetup giveaway. <laughs> that <laughs> is a mouthful. That's what she said. Oh, speaking of mouthfuls, want to uh, <laughs> listen to some uh, voicemails? I do. Oh, come on and be part of the show. Call the five-star hotline. 657-205-6105. It's the five star hotline. Five star hotline. Hey, Holman and uh, No Truck Boy. Hey, this is Frank Fortune. <laughs> uh, just calling to uh, say that Holman's right about that inside joke about No Truck Boy. Uh, and I was listening to another podcast and I have a beef with No Truck Boy. How dare you like Baker's better than In and Out? No more. No more. Uh, so here's the deal. I don't. <laughs> I don't. I was straight up lying. I'm not even joking. I'm not double back. I'm not going double backing on. My, what is double backing? I'm not backing. I'm not backtracking. <laughs> I don't you're know what I'm trying to say. Backing? Here's the thing. It's like double back tape. I don't <laughs> well, know what it is. I don't know what you're talking I about. I don't like Baker's. I like in and out better. But then why? So it was Because I knew I had some inside knowledge that Dave liked Baker's. Which is on the other podcast. That's correct. Right. And right. so Dave Sanchez, King of Mexico on that other podcast, liked Baker's. And I was trying to butter him up because of the bit I was doing uh-huh. live on there. And so I just sided with Bakers. Well, I'm uh, telling you right now, just because I of knew, that, there's an in and out down the street from this studio. Yeah. As soon as we're out of here, I'm going to go get a double-double animal style, and you know that's legit. I'll go with you. Fries well done. I'm good. So animal style. What? don't believe everything that you hear. That's all I'm saying. Hey, guys. It's Ryan again from Southeastern Pennsylvania, the uh, TDI guy. Just heard the uh, episode 75 talking about Leggy's wife getting her hand stuck in the spot between the seat and the console. <laughs> uh, first of all, I just want to say awesome that she didn't call 911 immediately because in all honesty, it's what most people do. So what I didn't tell you guys last time I called is I'm a career firefighter. And uh, the story I wanted to tell about this is when I was working uh, right outside of D.C. in Maryland for a large department. 
we uh, had a call one day. I was in Special Operations Command. We had a call one day for a woman who got her hand lodged between the seat and the console. And wow, really? we get there, jump out, thinking something's really wrong. It turns out that she had very long fingernails that had been done up at a beauty salon. <laughs> and her fingernail was caught in the seat track oh. in that area of the vehicle. So uh, we proceeded to jump in and... I ended up laying out underneath the seat, dislodging her hand from it. She pulled it through, and everything was fine. But uh, people do legitimately call 911 for that. And uh, not that it's an issue to ever call 911, but sometimes in the case of your wife lighting, it is a lot better if you can figure out how to do it without having to get everybody else involved. So uh, that's my little tidbit for you. And uh, I just want to let you know, Holman, I am doing a review for the DDI that I'm going to email your way. So uh, hopefully I'll talk to you guys soon. Thanks a lot for everything you do, and uh, five stars. Have a good day. Nice. Bye. Five, five stars. stars. Sweet. Uh, that was a PSA. If there, if I'd ever heard one, I could appreciate that. And uh, yeah, I was pretty proud of her for not dialing nine one one. That was weak sauce, and it, I mean, big deal. You get your hand stuck down. I mean, she, it wasn't Dude, turning purple or anything. Just, <laughs> what? What was it like when she heard the heard the episode? Uh, she's used to it. I spent 26 <laughs> years on radio talking about her. You know what I mean? It was, oh, my like, gosh. Yeah, didn't bugger at all. What's up, Truck Show Podcast? Question for you guys. Been scouring the internet looking for this answer, and I challenge you to accept this. I have a 2016 F-150 two-wheel drive. I'm looking to convert it to four-wheel drive. Uh, for under the price of a Raptor. Um, if you choose to accept this challenge, uh, please do. I uh, appreciate it. Uh, please let me know if you've got the answers for me. Okay. So, Holman, this uh, one is for you. I... Where can he take his 2016 F-150 two-wheel drive uh -huh. and convert it to four-wheel well, drive okay, so economically? A couple things. Uh, he doesn't say if he wants to go factory four-wheel drive. Or if he wants to lift in big tires and all that kind of stuff. So Factory four-wheel drive. And he doesn't say where he's from. He uh, just moved to Detroit. <laughs> I happen to know this guy. Uh, oh, okay. This well, is Phil from Alpine. Is this his? I recognize his voice. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so, here, so here's the deal. Um, if you want to do factory, I don't think the four-wheel drive and two-wheel drive frames of that era of F-150 are different. So you basically just buy all the componentry for off of a junk truck. Find a junked four-wheel drive that probably has like rear end damage or something like that. That's the same vehicle as you have. And I happen swap to know that he over. doesn't want to do that. He wants to drive it into a shop and have it done. Okay. Well, then what's funny is, do you remember uh, our last episode? I mean, no, I don't remember anything we do longer than five minutes ago. <laughs> do you remember when we had somebody on saying that they saw somebody swapping uh, Hellcat engines in the Gladiators? Yes. Okay, in the Detroit area, and I forgot we totally were doing the the emails last time, and I just I, I had it up on my screen, and then I completely spazzed about it because well I don't know why I just I'm crazy anyway. Mm -hmm. Holly, Michigan is a shop called America's Most Wanted Four by Four. Oh no, joke! They are the guys. America's Most Wanted Four by Four. Yep, AMW Four by Four dot com. Okay, they are the guys that do the Hellcat swaps and the Gladiators in, in uh, Wranglers. They're coming on the show. He and I have been talking back and forth. Uh, he would probably be a great person to bring your truck to and see what he can do. 
If he can do the Hellcat swap, he can do anything. I would say if he can do the Hellcat swap, he can put four-wheel drive in a two-wheel drive F-150. Now, for those of you who are listening who don't want a stock swap, um, and by the way, whether you go to the junkyard parts or you buy everything from Ford and then swap it over, it's the same stuff, whatever. But the other option is you can always solid axle it. So you give it a lift in the rear, you put a solid axle, you know, uh, suspension under the front, you go coil over his links. Or you Who's go leaf solid spring. axle you using? Whoever's. You it's you can have Dynatrack build you a custom with one and you can have the mounts built and you can have somebody design the suspension. But so it's more that, economical just hitting a junkyard. I, yeah, hundred percent. Yeah. But I mean you could spend twenty grand and have a F one fifty on thirty sevens with solid axles front and rear and be like a mini power wagon or a mini tremor, if you will, right? Okay. Um but if you're not looking to go that far aftermarket and you just need four wheel drive, then I would say go to the junkyard and see if you can make uh, the factory stuff work on a two wheel drive frame. I think it's a matter of snow and stuff like that. I think that's what he's concerned with. Yeah, so well then pretty, the, pretty basic. The, the factory stuff's the way. Is that really who that was, by the way? That was Phil from our buddy from Alpine <laughs> Electronics. Yeah. Hilarious. All right. <laughs> AMW four by four dot com. Tell them Lightning and Holman from the Truck Show Podcast sent you. What's up, guys? Hey, Lightning, if you're sick and tired of people giving you crap about your Mini Cooper, here's a simple solution. Get a freaking truck. <laughs> I, mean, I don't care if it's a $1,500, 1997 uh, Ford Dodge Chevy. doesn't matter. If it's got a bed on the back, just get the dang thing so we can stop. We don't have to make fun of you anymore. But until that point, you're just going to have to deal with it. Secondly, guys, I don't know how you haven't put two and two together. Why are you not hooking Declan up with deck? Right? Just makes sense. Have a good one, guys. And five stars. Nice. Five, five stars. stars. Yeah, absolutely. We should hook up Declan. Well, Declan Whoa. doesn't drive yet. Oh, you're bearing the headline here. I'm bearing the headline? Yeah. Well, let's go back to you buying a truck. Oh, yeah? What about it? Are you going to? Uh, yeah. Hell yeah, I am. Okay. Here's what you don't. What's your time frame? Here's here's what you don't know. You know this, but the Be listeners don't know. Be careful with what you don't know because I know more than you are going to probably tell them. Oh really? I think so. All right, go ahead. Okay. Oh, mm. I, I don't know what you know. I'll do, whatever. We'll just talk about right, it here. Go go. Uh, so I have been delaying for oh, man probably months. like three months. Yeah. I've been trying to buy one of our company vehicles. Uh huh. Is this what you know? Well, no. Well, I don't know what the update is on this. I don't have an update. Oh. That's the problem. Okay. But but it, we've never talked about it on the show. Right. Uh, we have we buy a lot of trucks and jeeps yeah. and all kinds of stuff uh-huh. at my at work. Where? Where do you work? I I just work at, at a place that has trucks and jeeps uh-huh. readily well, what's, available. What's the name? What's the name that's on the door there? <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. Just check. That's what I thought. Just checking. So I have been schmoozing the powers that be, uh-huh. and I've been trying to buy one of our uh, vehicles. Could that be Mr. Banks? Ed Banks? It's actually not. It's his daughter. It is. It's Liz. It, it is. It, no, it's it's Chris. Oh, his yeah. Well, son, it's his son-in-law. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah, son-in-law, daughter. Yeah. But like, By so the way, family that, business. Yeah, and, and so there there is a particular vehicle that I I really really want. I've, uh-huh. I've never owned this brand before, uh-huh. and I'm hoping that they sell it to me. And they may say no. I've 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 made a a couple proposals which uh-huh. I think would be hard to turn turned down. Yeah. But I have been waiting on that, and that is why I've not purchased another vehicle. If they say no, I will be buying something and I will key you guys in immediately. This is not some earth-shattering, crazy, big uh, uh, big purchase I'm trying to make, but it's a cool vehicle that's been hanging around the shop. That's all. So that is why I have not purchased a vehicle in the last couple months. All right. Nobody cares anymore beyond that. I'm all right, sorry. Check this I, out. I made that story too long? You made the story too long. I want to get to this uh, whole part about Declan. Yep. I sent him stickers for his uh, truck show. I didn't. I don't believe you. Nope, they went out. They went out, and Declan. Did you send him a shirt or anything as well? I wasn't able. I didn't find one in his size, so we'll have to uh, save one. But he does have stickers. Declan, call back and confirm receipt of your box of stickers, 
and let us know you got them. Okay. Okay. And uh, on that note, you just cut me off as if my story was crap, and then you t- just to tell us you sold them stickers. It's not about sent them stickers. It's not about you. It's about our listener, and I want to make sure Declan got taken care of. <laughs> All right, good show, everybody. Everybody, you mean you and me? I don't know. <laughs> Still beat up. Send us an email, truckshowpodcast at gmail.com. The Truck Show, The Truck Show, The Truck Show, oh, oh. And don't forget to hit us up on our five-star hotline, 657-205-6105. What's that number? 657-205-6105. One more time. 657-205-6105. Five-star. 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 Hotline. That's what it is. And of course, our socials at Truck Show Podcast, except on Twitter, where it's at Truck Podcast. Don't say that every time. <laughs> don't talk about we, Twitter. I think we have 49 or 50 I, followers. I want zero. I don't want anyone <laughs> to follow on Twitter. I get it. You share from from Instagram over to Twitter. Yeah, so it magically yeah, I get it. I get it. Whatever populates. with that. All right. Well, listen, we want to thank Nissan five-year, 100,000-mile warranty, the best in the business. J.D. Powers says that you don't need the warranty because the thing don't break. That's right. And also our friends over at Decked, Decked.com slash truck show if you want to enter to win an ability a chance a trip a deck product for how many people uh two well the deck system for one but the right. trip for two to come out to our 500 five-star listener meetup here in El Segundo, california at the motor trend headquarters august 10th and i cannot wait we are going to have a great time deck.com slash truck show check it out and uh i'll see you <laughs> you like almost you run out of steam in like a week and a half. Oh, you're going to, to the UK. Going to UK. The food sucks over there, doesn't it? I uh, don't know yet. Well, you're a food. What do you mean you don't? You've been been, you've so been to London only through the airport. I've never actually stepped foot outside of the airport. This really? is the first time that I'm going to be in England. Are you going to do that thing where you walk across where the Beatles walked in that uh, that, that weird that uh, Abbey 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 Abbey, yeah. Abbey, Abbey Road Abbey Road? Yeah. Uh, I have no idea. I do know that I'm going to be like at a castle. Uh, what castle? Uh, I believe the castle. Yes, it's East Nor Castle, where we are going to. Uh, we spell the E snore like 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 a, like an electronic device to make you stop snoring. Uh, no, E A S T N O R. Okay. A- and uh, apparently, I'm going to uh, do some off roading in mm-hmm. some vehicles that have steering wheels on the wrong side. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to see some stuff that I can't talk about. And then I'm going to come back. <sighs> There's so much Embargo. on this show that is driving me cuckoo. This show has got to be over. Seriously. <laughs> but wait, we didn't talk about something super important to you. What? Your own embargo. Sounds like you're out of it now. I saw an Instagram post I have an of, of stuff that you probably want to talk about. I don't, a I bonus. Don't, I don't honestly know what you're talking about. Yeah. I'm not joking. A I don't cer- know what you're talking certain, about. A uh, certain um, cast part. Oh, yeah. I'm not going to talk about that. I'm going to have my boss talk about that. Ooh, okay. Yeah. All right. Well, hey, see you in a week. All right. Bye. Are we still on? I mean, barely.